Blog Talk Radio. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Hello, everybody, and this is an annual episode of Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football. Uh, wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Good to be here with you guys. A, a jam-packed show. We are watching the online draft, uh, the online championship draft, the first live draft of the FFWC season. A little later than normal, but everybody knows this has been a little bit of a crazy year. Michael Trent will be in the building tonight. The return of Michael Trent, he will join us uh, later on in the first hour. We're going to get things going right away because I see the draft is underway. You may have to refresh that draft board because we're going to watch it with all the traffic that we have tonight. Dr. Roto, Frankie Fantasy, joining me in this first segment. Dr. Roto, how's it going, my man? Dude, did, didn't this sell out in like five seconds? I mean, did it take longer than that for, this, for the red and blue to sell out? It was a record. It was a record, like twenty, like 28 minutes or something like that. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Really happy it's a good, for it. I can't wait for tonight. It's a fun league. A lot of good players here. We are going to run them down. I want to say hi to Frankie Fantasy. What's going on, my man? Uh, not too much. Just watching these opening picks and shocked already to see the draft board. We are going to talk about the – oh, yeah, I see a pick, a couple of picks already that we're going to talk about. Uh, so let's, let's, let's go ahead and get to that because this is a PPR draft. It's a 12-team league, and it's FFWC scoring. Everybody knows that that's an 11-man starting lineup. Dr. Roto, uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, the top four. That's right. Isn't that right? Yeah, I have no problem with that. I mean, look, you want to put Michael Thomas in there. I can live with it. But those would be the four that I would take first. Okay. So let's get to it. With the fifth pick, your friend and mine and Frankie's, uh, Truck, John Pathé, takes Derek Henry with the five pick. Let's talk about it, Doc. Look, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I mean, I want to get Frankie's opinion. I, like, I, I love Derrick Henry. The only problem is in our format, how many right. passes will he catch? He's going to score the touchdowns. He's going to get 1,400 yep. rushing yards. Everything right. is going to be great. But is he going to get 30 catches or is he going to get 50? If he gets 50, he's worth the number five pick. If he gets 25, then he's probably the eight or nine pick. Frankie, Derrick Henry, 300 carries, like Doc said, 1,500 yards last year and only 18 catches Taking him over, like Doc said, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook. What do, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Thumbs down. Truck, I don't know what you're doing, buddy. I hope you're not hitting the bottle while you're, while you're making this draft <laughs> from your basement over there in New Jersey because I really don't know what's going on. I know you got that new beautiful basement that you love and, and you couldn't make it to Vegas last year, but you know, let me tell you something right now. There's no way in any draft, in all formats, or in any PPR formats, 
Should Michael Thomas be going off the board after Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry is a phenomenal talent. I agree with Doc, but his lack of receptions in the passing game make him a complete not possible pick for me at the fifth pick if Michael Thomas is still on the board. And as well as Dalvin Cook. Frankie, hold on a second about Michael Thomas, though, right? Emmanuel Sanders is there, right? They didn't have anybody last year. I think you were their number two receiver. Alvin Kamara is healthy. I'm not saying Thomas is not a superstar, but you've got to think his numbers go down 10 to 15% this year. Uh, I, I think that's a strong number for regression. I'm not so sure that I agree that there's going to be that much. I think he is the stud. I think he is the guy that, that you know, that's – Listen, he's Drew Brees' security blanket, and I really don't know if there's I, – I, I, you know, listen, I do like him as a, as a late sleeper. Scott and I have talked about this um, several times. I do, I do think that, you know, he could be bringing a couple of, you know, receptions there, but he's a veteran that also – how much really can he steal from Michael Thomas? I mean, really, how – I know he's going to be working from the slot, but can he stay healthy enough? And if he does yeah. go out, like you just said, they don't have anyone else. And once again, if they don't have anyone else – who gets all the attention? Who gets all the focal point? That's MT. And for me, MT is MVP. I'm taking him and all I, day over Derrick Henry. And I like the kid. I like the kid that was actually drafted for the Titans for kind of that Deion Lewis change of pace back, Darrington Evans. Uh, let's give credit where credit is due. Pro Football Focus last a couple of weeks ago, they, they, they broke out the stat. Carries with eight-plus defenders in the box. Derrick Henry led the way of, in the league 188 times. He faced eight-plus defenders in the box. Second, Dalvin Cook, 147. So he faces the top – he faces defenses all day long. He knows all about it. Still produced. 13th easiest schedule on the strength of schedule. Doc, let's move on. Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. lot to talk about there with those three picks. Yeah, look, first of all, Dalvin Cook I have no problem with. But what, is he signed a contract? Do we trust that he's going to stay healthy? You know, if you, and if you draft Cook, you have to get Alexander Madison. You have to. It's a must. And then if you, when are you going to have to take Madison? Is it around six or seven? Because you're waiting till eight, he's gone. Now the other guy, I know that the fantasy exec likes him. I am just not as high on Nick Chubb as everybody else. That doesn't mean oh. I don't like him. That doesn't mean he's probably not a late first, early second round player. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. saying Kareem Hunt showed me a lot last year. And I've got to think that Baker Mayfield is going to be, be better with Austin Hooper and another year with Odell Beckham. I mean, I like Chubb. I just don't see the crazy number seven pick overall upside with Chubb. Uh, Frankie, he brings up a good point. Chubb's in a, a backfield that he has to share time, and Kareem Hunt looked better in the second half of the year than the first, but Chubb's still close to 300 carries, 298, 1494, and 36 receptions. Uh, it, it's tough. I mean, I think you're splitting hairs. I think Chubb is worthy of a first-round pick. I'm not so sure that I would have taken him I think there's a, a player, a couple of picks that went off the board, a couple of picks later that, I, that I'm more higher on right, right now for this year. And my model actually has him slightly uh, even higher than Chubb. I think Chubb is a first-round selection, but I'm not so sure that I don't have him more towards the back end. Um, but I think that Nick Chubb still is, a, is worthy of a first-round uh, selection this year in fantasy football. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook is obviously the um... – the pick that can give you number one pick. Look, we watched him last year, Doc. Every t- if you had Dalvin Cook on your teams, I think you did. Uh, if you had him and, you, and he was playing, oh, it's phenomenally fun to root for this guy because he can do everything on the field. But you're right. Uh, there is a holdout risk there. Where, where do you put that holdout risk on a scale of one? 
I, I think I put it like at a six and a half. I really do, because the question is, if you're the Vikings, you've got Madison and you've got this kid, Mike Boone, who I happen to like, right? Love so it. Do yeah. you really yeah. want to pay Dalvin Cook full price? No, you want to pay him about 85% of what he's worth. So Dalvin Cook has to decide, is it worth it for me to play when this team is not going to give me the big contract? That said, Dalvin Cook is a stud of epic proportions. I mean, arguably, this guy might be the number three or four overall talent, maybe better than Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, that's how good he is when he plays. The question is, are you willing to take the risk? Definitely an upper echelon back, Frankie. Uh, Michael Thomas, you can't go wrong with that in our format. Of course, you if you do take a wide receiver uh, like, like uh, Tony did here, when, when you're taking Michael Thomas, you have to think about what kind of a running back comes back to you. And the fact that he was able to land, and we'll just go ahead and tell it right here, Aaron Jones in the second round, I mean – Perfectly fine with that. It with the sixth pick in the first round, you come back and get Aaron Jones. Yeah, that's that's a solid coup right there. I mean, I, I know that they they have the, the young kid right now from from Boston College that AJ Dillon that a lot of people are expecting could possibly steal goal line work from Aaron Jones this year. But I'm not really buying into that so much. Aaron Jones is a great pick, but for me right now, I think it's imperative that we highlight not only the wraparound but team. Team 10 as well. For me right now, they're the two, my two favorite drafts so far. You know, I, I love going running back, running back early. That's my motto. I'm, a, I'm not a yellow sticker guy. Um, to, to be able to see right now Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs go up the board to Team 12 on the wraparound and then follow it up right, right there in Team 10 getting Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler. I mean, for me in PPR leagues, that looks like home run starts right there. Doc, you had an uh, incredible run last year. It seems like you always do every year. Uh, Devontae Adams was taken as the second wide receiver off the board. Is that where he belongs? Because, look, there's, there's Julio, there's Adams, there's Tyreek. There's a lot of those guys right there. Is he your number two, or, or who kind of stands out after Thomas is gone? No, Adams is my clear number two, clear. Oh, okay. And I'll tell you why. They don't have a second receiver there. They don't even have a tight end there. I mean, they really have nothing there. So I can't imagine that Adams is not getting Michael Thomas type of targets this year, right? I think we're looking at a dozen per game. So this guy should be going eight for 90 minimum each week. That's 17 Mm -hmm. points. This is also another guy who should be able to get double-digit touchdowns. Look, I love Hopkins. I love Julio Jones. I love Tyreek Hill. They're great players. But I think Adams is a clear number two to Thomas. Yeah, you, uh, Hopkins wasn't he on your best team last year? wasn't Wasn't that the good team? Or you had you had so many teams. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I had Hopkins on a team or two, but you yeah. know, I think it's it's about finding the guy when nobody else really loves that guy. I think some people are down on Adams. I think I'm not. I'm not right. People are down on Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a steal in round ten, eleven, or twelve. Right, because people are overlooking him. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but you're getting this guy possibly in the 11th round. So how about Tom Brady could be an 11th round quarterback? I mean, that's a lot of talent. I'm not saying that they're great, but in the 11th round, they're starting to look better and better. Uh, Frankie, I've heard Devontae Adams' arguments for him being the number one overall in fantasy. Matt Harmon did an article just a couple of weeks ago, and it broke down you know, the offense and w- why it should be, talking about his uh, – his, his success against man coverage, his success against press, just everything that he has improved on. Nobody's been fairly more impressive than Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's such a big red zone target as well. I mean, he just 
he produces every year. And we know that, like Doc just highlighted, I mean, so many people are down on Aaron Rodgers, and, and that, myself included, in terms of the, you know, I, I, I don't remember the last time I'm going to be heading into fantasy seasons and fantasy drafts where I have him, you know, not going in the first 10 rounds um, in any of my potential uh, value picks, depending on how boards all fall out. But for me right now, I mean, Devontae Adams, he is an absolute beast. He's got great hands. He, he just shows up in big spots. He get he produces touchdowns. And we know as fantasy players, we're always looking for the guys that can get paid there. And when, you know, Devontae Adams can find pay dirt, I mean, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I love him. He's a great player. But, you know, listen, how many times is maybe, you know, in his new role right now, is Kyler Murray going to tuck the ball and run and maybe not hold on to the ball or look to force it to get it to DeAndre Hopkins, where Aaron Rodgers, now up there in years, will be sitting back in the pocket longer, maybe roll out, but the potential of him running and, and taking off as much as Kyler Murray, it's not there. And I, that's another reason why I, I, I think the argument can possibly made that as much as I love Tyreek Hill, he's catching passes from the best quarterback in all of football, Patrick Holmes, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, for me right now, I think that if you look at it, I love Tyreek Hill. But because of the fact that Travis Kelsey there, I mean, we know that he's a huge red zone target as well. And that's why Tyreek Hill can't get that number one wide receiver overall argument. But Devontae Adams can. And, the, and, Devon, and, you know, it with Cian Hopkins, I, I, I'm not so sure. For me, I, I think that Adams can – the argument can be made that he's the best player, but for me, it's still Michael Thomas. And I think you right, an argument coming in soon. Yep. Doc, I think the guy that you love. <laughs> Frankie, what about Chris Godwin? Going, Frankie, Frankie, Frankie. Let everybody else speak, speak. No, <laughs> I know you love Chris Godwin. <laughs> Doc, finish this up. Out in the first round, uh, look, Kurt Kikis is in this draft. Everybody watches, you know, look, we all, love we all love fantasy. When certain people show up, whether Chad or Kimra, uh, Kurt is one of them. You, you start to watch because they like to, they like to kind of, they, they move ADPs uh, occasionally when they take flyers on players a little bit earlier than the rest of us. Kurt has went Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, and Calvin Ridley at 310. Talk about that strategy and those players. Yeah, I mean, look, Miles Sanders is a guy who I think if we were going to Vegas, this is a guy who would be shooting up draft boards. So maybe mm-hmm. he's going 10, 11, 12 now. I think by the time we were getting to Vegas, I could see him going at five or six. I mean, that's how, that's how much people like him. Eckler's a steal right now. I mean, I could argue that you could have taken him at 11 or 12. I mean, this is a guy who's going to get 18 touches, and out of those 18 touches, it might be eight receptions per game. I mean, so what's not to like? I think Ridley is somebody who's interesting because, look, Julio Jones, as good as he is, doesn't find the end zone. If you believe that Matt Ryan is going to throw for 35 touchdowns, which I think is reasonable, could Calvin Ridley catch nine or ten of them? Yes, if that's what happens, then Ridley's certainly a wide receiver yeah. one in fantasy football because there's no third receiver there. I mean, Russell Gage, I don't think so. There's no Hooper. So, look, Kurt, as I said, the Hall of Famer, he knows what he's doing. He's a great player, and I think he's onto something right here. Yeah, Miles Sanders, a lot of people, Doc, are talking about the end of last year as the justification for Miles Sanders when there were, we remember, so many injuries on that team, they kind of had to go to him. So when I hear – uh, there's that stat floating around where the last six weeks of the season, he was one of only six running backs with at least 650 yards from scrimmage, four touchdowns, all that stuff. They had to give it to him there. And so the question is, this year, do they, do they want to do that again? Was that just 
because they had to, or is, is it because of the maturation of, of Sanders? I think it's both. I think the Sanders that you saw, watch the film in the first six weeks, he ran tentatively. Toward the last six weeks of the season, he ran maturely, right? He changed as a player. So when you do that, all of a sudden you go from 12 to 16 touches to 18 to 22. I think 18 to 22 touches is fair for Sanders this year. I do like Boston Scott later in the draft, but that being said, Sanders at 20 touches, uh, he's going to score a lot of fantasy points. All right, Doc, I know you need to go. Last thoughts on the finish of that first round. Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake. Here's two more names. I mean, we're seeing Kenyon Drake. We've even seen some Austin Eckler in the first round, and we're seeing Miles Sanders. These are, these are players that haven't been thought about as first-round picks, but because of destination, Skull Crusher Greg Koch takes Kenyon Drake at 112. Are you buying? Is this a thumbs-up play by you? Oh, huge thumbs up. I mean, I could even have seen him if he went seven or eight. I, I think Drake is special. I really do. Whenever wow. he's been given the opportunity, he succeeds in that opportunity. And the air raid offense, look, it was pretty good. Give the Kingsbury some, some credit. The offense looked good, and Murray's only going to get better. You now have Hopkins there, which is a legitimate target. So you've got Hopkins, Kirk, Fitzgerald, and now a running back with, with, with Drake. I mean, look, Chase Edmonds, fine as a backup, but Drake is a starter. I like that pick. I think Greg did a great job there. All right, Doc, uh, we're going to let you go. We appreciate you coming in. We're so happy that uh, you're doing well. The fantasy community is happy that you're doing well, and I'm so glad you got to stop in at Red versus Blue and do a little bit of this draft in that first round. The players really appreciate you, bud. All right, take care, Scott. Take care, Frankie. Be well. Yes, you too. All right. That's good, good to hear you, the, the Dr. Roto joining us uh, on Red versus Blue. And look, Frankie, uh, we're going to bring on uh, the other star of the show here that we've been wanting. Um, let's let's bring on 626. 626, you're on with Red versus Blue. Yeah, I'd like to order a pizza, please. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. What, yeah, what, what, what toppings are we talking about? Is this an anchovy pizza or is this a loaded deluxe? Altadena Assassin don't do no anchovies. What's up, Kurt? Kurt Kikis joins Red vs. Blue. Hey, guys. How are you? It's uh, good to be able to be drafted and be on this podcast again. This is great. It is fun. It is fun. Uh, I I wish we could do it more often because it's, uh, you know, look, I'm sure you're sitting back with a little pino there, a little, uh, what what, what are you sipping on tonight? Uh, A 2016 Cata Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley. (laughs) You know me well. (laughs) Ooh, Okay. We we stopped at CVS. Uh, the the um, the Oliver, the local <laughs> Oliver winery, was on sale for six bucks a bottle. We had to snag it. Um, yeah, you know what? Oliver's a good deal, death right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, look, um, I'm not going to talk about your snobbish ways. Let's talk about this Austin <laughs> Eckler, Miles Sanders, Calvin Ridley start. Uh, along with uh, in the fourth round, you took Robert Woods uh, uh, in front of a lot of sexy wide receivers. I'm going to name them. The Charks, the Metcalfs, the Suttons, and even Thielen, who kind of fits into the Robert Woods category, which is a safe play, conservative play in an offense where they're going to need him. Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, there's a, there's some receptions to be had in uh, right. L.A., and I think uh, they're going to be throwing the ball a bit, and I think Woods is uh, – Woods is not sexy, but um, right. I think he and Ridley are going to be uh, – they're going to be the number one receivers on their team by the end of the season, and you heard it from me. Ridley will be the number one there. 
I can see it, Frankie. Uh, we love Cooper Cup. There, there's a lot to like about Cooper Cup because he's so involved and he makes a lot of plays when healthy too. But when Robert Woods has had a chance, I mean, especially you, you, you guys watched the um, the Kansas City Rams game that was just phenomenally fun uh, when they both scored, you know, a thousand points. Uh, Robert Woods was making it happen in that game. He, he makes it happen pretty much all the time. I think that's why they were comfortable going ahead and and, and moving Cooks, and now Reynolds moves up. Yeah, I, I listen, Calvin Ridley. I mean, he's it's his time to really shine. I mean, the kid was a star at Alabama, and he's he's ready to really probably take the role over. I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I agree with the Hall of Famer over there. I, I think that it's time it's his time to really take the chance, take that number one role away from Julio. I mean, Julio's been listen. He's been a steady performer in fantasy, but as high stakes fantasy players know, and most and, and all fantasy players for that that matter is. You know, Julio just really disappoints because he doesn't find the end zone in the last few seasons. He really struggles to find pay dirt. And Calvin Ridley, I think he has a chance to get double-digit touchdowns this year. So I am 100% on board, and I love the pick of uh, Calvin Ridley in the third round by, by you, buddy. Thanks, bud. Appreciate that. Yeah, Kurt. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the team. It's looking good. It's got a good start. you got a 2-2 start here. You can pretty much do anything in the draft. Uh, and Ridley is another name that everybody's kind of, I, I mean, you hear about Ridley literally every day on, uh, somebody's talking about Calvin Ridley, uh, with Julio getting up into his golden years, I guess, uh, as, as the guy and, you know, they lose Austin Hooper, um, and they need, they need to, I mean, of course they're, they've, they've still got an air attack with Matt Ryan. So Ridley seems like that, uh, Ascension receiver at wide receiver 15 there. Yeah. And I, and I really like it. Even though in your format where you've got the three receivers and the two flex, I like to start off with the two running backs because receiver is so deep that if you give uh, yourself two solid anchor running backs, especially guys who are PPR backs, um, with the right receivers, you're going to have yourself a playoff team. And, you know, you got to get there to win it. So my goal is to get there. I like it. All right, Kurt, good to hear from you, my man. Good luck in the rest of the way, man. Hey, you all take care. Frankie, take care, buddy. You too, bro. Keep that puppy close by. She's going to bring you some luck uh, during these drafts, making these picks. Cause she's, always, you, she's, she's my precious pity bull. Yes, sir. <laughs> you ain't kidding, buddy. You keep it there and enjoy that wine. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. That's Kirk Kikis, Altadena Assassins from the Tin Hole. We're going to bring on the uh, the amazing fantasy executive, uh, Sports Illustrated's newest sensation you're seeing him every day uh millions of views a day on sports illustrated fantasy Corey parson what's up my man what up scotty what's up frankie how's everybody doing on this lovely friday night you know i'd rather be outside right now it's a beautiful night uh it's just it's just a really nice night to be out there i'm sure there's lots of people outside right now just hanging out neighbors everywhere uh what's going on pick set the scene for the fantasy executive right now. So I am outside. It's interesting that you mentioned this because I want to know, you know, with everything going on right now, we've been in the house for about five months. So wildlife is kind of looking at situations like, well, where are these people at? Did they leave the earth? So I don't know about (laughs) where you guys live at, but, uh, you know, I just was sitting up here tonight, you know, outside having a good time, enjoying enjoying the evening, enjoying the weather. And um, it's, it's it's a raccoon walking around out here, and I'm like, yo, what is really going on? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'm like, yeah. So um, I, I don't know, cause you gotta think we've been in the house for so long. 
you know, restaurants are not open, so there's no food for them outside to snack on. You know what I mean? So it's like they, I, you got you got to figure the wildlife is trying to figure out what's going on as well because it's not the normal amount of activity. So now they're popping up in backyards, and that's not a good look. <laughs> so I'm on yeah. I'm on edge a little bit right now. <laughs> yeah, they like they like they like to dig through the trash. Uh, let's talk about this end of this. Look, we got Joe. Nobody's talked about Joe Mixon right here, and so let's go ahead and. Look at this Joe Mixon, DeAndre Hopkins start from the 11 hole here. This is Tom Northrup. He won this league last year. Starts off Mixon, Hopkins, Juju with Roethlisberger, and Mahomes. Talk about that start, uh, Corey. As you look at this draft board, that's pretty darn solid. No, that is a solid start right there. And, and, you know, we can hop into it. Obviously, I heard what Doc was saying earlier about that air raid offense, you know, listen, it may not win a lot of football games, at least not right now, but you can score a lot of fantasy points, and you saw that last year. And then you look at Joe Mixon, back-to-back seasons over 1,100 yards. Joe Burrow can inject some offensive life into that team. You might see him catch a little bit more passes. Those touchdowns numbers could go up as well. So I like Joe Mixon a lot this year. I think he's definitely locked into that first round. You bring along Patty Mahomes with that, and now you've got a quarterback to – rack up those points. I'm not a fan of going for the quarterback early. And when you're getting a guy like Pat Mahomes, who can, you know, especially in this format, can throw up 40, maybe even 50 every, you know, a couple of weeks. It's, um, it's, and, you know, with that kind of value, I don't see a problem with that. So that's a good-looking team right now. I should compete. Let's talk about this Joe Mixon pick, Frankie. Um, we like to talk about contracts. I know he tweeted uh, that 4PF, that stands for four pockets full, uh, people were talking about that. Could that be a hint of something that he's looking for in a contract extension? Has Joe Mixon earned a contract extension? All right, well, I'll hop in right here. Well, here's yeah. what I'll say about that. Has he earned the contract extension? Probably not. Do they have to extend him? Probably so. Going into the season, you got Joe Burrow. You got the number one pick in the draft, and you took Joe Burrow. You get a healthy A.J. Green. You got him some, you know, he seems to be satisfied with the situation right now. You got Tyler Boyd. You got a lot of young receivers on that team, T. Higgins. You got a chance to put up some explosive offense. Now is not the time to be fooling around with Joe Mixon's contract. Right. Frankie, do we have you back now? I I couldn't hear you. Maybe I had you on mute. I believe I'm here now. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, in terms of Joe Mixon, I mean, it's – I agree with Corey 100%. It's not time to be playing around with any of these guys' contracts. I mean, you know, they're superstars no matter what, where they are at their positions. You've seen the Jets having the same issue with Jamal Adams. Obviously, he's a safety, but, you know, Joe Mixon's a running back, and we saw this, you know, play out, you know, several times. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell, who's now with the New York Jets. And, you know, you often don't want to see it. But Joe Mixon really has that potential this year to really take the next step. And if A.J. Green can stay healthy and with uh, – you know, obviously with uh, Burrow in the center right now, I mean, he has the potential right now to get a lot of checkdowns from a rookie wide receiver because we know when they feel pressure, their first outlet is usually to dump the ball off in the flat. So Mixon could really get a lot more uh, attention really in the passing game that he hasn't really seen as much. So really in PPR leagues, Joe Mixon could be a great pick. All right, let's, let's give a little love here, Corey, to this 12 team here. Uh, we talked. We talked about his first round pick, uh, Greg Koch. He, he ends up taking uh, Kenyon Drake, who who could maybe you know seventy five catches isn't out of the ordinary here if Kenyon Drake plays a full season in this offense. 
Finnick comes back with, you know, in that turn, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, okay, and then Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Lamar Jackson. Uh, where do you want to go with this? Josh Jacobs was a top 20 RB last year and can make that ascension, obviously, into the top 15, maybe even top 10 with a good season this year, but then follows it up with a rookie in Kansas City. Well, here's the deal. It's not a bad strategy when you look at it. Now, Three running backs. I don't know how to draft his- I don't know how the draft is going right now, so I don't want to get I don't want to dig dig too deep into it. Okay. I don't know where we're around when, but obviously you're going to have to find some wide receiver play along the way, and that's going to right. be very critical to how you put this to how you put this team together. Now, at this point of the right. draft, there is some names out there. Now, everybody will always say, "Well, the wide receiver position is deep." Is wide receiver really deep this year? You got to take into consideration also, but there is some names out there that he could catch on that could be some good picks. Because, listen, you got a lot of points, especially if Edwards and Lynn looks like how we expect him to hit. Since you don't have the draft board, Corey, let me, let me give you a hint what he did here. With those three running backs, RB, look, RB, 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 we don't see it a lot anymore, especially in our format. At the four, three, four I just turn, he goes Edwards. Yeah, he goes Edwards. This week. Yeah, he goes Edwards, Hilaire, and Lamar Jackson to get the boost at QB. So now he's a little ahead of the game at RB. He's ahead of the game at quarterback, of course. So now, like you said, he's got a strike. So he has to wait till 5-12 and 6-1 to start firing at those wide receivers. What, do you, what, do you, what, kind of, what kind of player do you think he can get there? I think you can get some guys with a lot of upside. You can get a guy mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe flashed last year. Quarterback okay. could be better this year. So that's a situation right there that I would monitor, especially if I'm him, and see how that goes. Obviously, you're going to have some young wide receivers in, in some good situations um, coming up this year that should be available around that time. Let me tell so you who he got. Been movement. Okay. He got Parker and A.J. Green. Talk about it. All right, so here's the thing. With Devontae Parker, and I can say this with, uh, with knowledge of the situation, okay. Devontae Parker more or less realized that he was in trouble last year, that that was going to be it. He had some people down there working with him, and they were more or less to the point where they were fed up with him. And they told him he needs to oh, get yeah. his act together. He's going to be out the NFL. And he got his act together. And his act should stay together going into this season because now he has a chance to get a contract. So I feel comfortable about that. Now, A.J. Green is the shot that you take. You need Green to hit. In my opinion, it's been too many games missed. Yeah, over the yeah. past couple of years to really feel confident in him, you know, in that spot right there. I think Parker can be the one. Um, you know, you never know if quarterback change come with Tua. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a start that I, that, that, that's, that's interesting. But I think there's still some names out there that can really add a boost. Uh, Frankie, let's talk about this. A.J. Green, let me read you uh, what Sean Childs had to say in his – Green or in his uh, AJ Green outlook for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he said last year in late July, he tore some ligaments in his left ankle, which led to a regressing timeline for his return. He went from missing a month to sitting out the whole season at this age. That's never, that's, that's scary, right? So uh, his, his, he, re, he finishes this off. There's a lot here on the downside of his career. It's about health here. His initial projections, if he stays healthy, and I, and I don't know if, uh, you know, that, that's what we can talk to Sean about this later, came in at 79 catches for 1,092 yards and six touchdowns. If he gets that from A.J. Green at 6'1", you'd be ecstatic, Frankie. 
Oh, 100%. He's, he's actually one of my mid-round wide receivers that I will be looking to target. I think with Joe Burrow on the center that we, we talked about earlier, I think that A.J. Green, if he can just stay healthy, I mean, we, like you said, we haven't seen him on the field since 2018. That's a long way to go for a veteran not to see NFL game action. But A.J. Green there, that's a great pick. But for, for my money, if I was drafting, I kind of might have went with all reliable. And I think, I, I don't know, I, for me, I think I might have went Julian Edelman and A.J. Green over Devontae Parker or paired him up with, I, I would have went for more stability and paired Edelman with one of those guys because I feel like both of them, are really players that you really need to hit, and they're more crapshoots at that spot. When you when you when he really went overboard at the running back position with Clyde Evans-Helaire, I, I agree with the first two picks, but it, it really left him shorthanded. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, possibly look at, you know, he, I think he was probably disappointed to see Juju and Calvin Ridley. Maybe he got sniped. He was maybe hoping that one of those guys would fall to him there. But for me, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I, I think that's really where he put himself behind the eight ball because, you know, you got to worry about rookies this year. And with the COVID-19 pandemic, how much are they going to be assimilated early on into offenses? So this is what well, I you're think, getting... right? So here's the yep. deal. Mm-hmm. You have to, when you do this, when you go with the three running backs, in the fourth round, if the quarterback is there, then you take them. Because now if you go on three running backs, you've got to get the big quarterback. So now if the quarterback is there, you take him, and I think that was good right there. Now, it's not so much about the wide receivers hitting. The three running backs at the top got to hit. That's yep, what they got to hit too. If the three running backs at the top hit, then you can kind of mix and match. And here's the thing. We all know how the waiver wire goes, and the waiver wire is going to be crazy this year. The waiver wire blows up. People overspend on running backs. You can snatch your wide receivers for cheap. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, but this, I, Corey, do you, do you, would you would either one of you guys step out on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as your third running back in that situation? I, I would. That's late. That's late. I mean, I've I've been I've been bashing on people for taking him early second, even mid second, late second to get him in the late third. Now we're talking. Now we're thinking about it. But but again, you kind of have to have a strategy if you're going to go three RBs like this and be ready for it because. He's basically taking a fourth RB with Lamar Jackson. So he, he, he's exactly. basically starting four, four RBs every week, and now he's got Lamar. But, look, if you're going to do that, I, I, let's, let's, I'll finish up with Devontae Parker. We'll, we'll get on to some other players here. Uh, there's only three players that had more yards than Devontae Parker last year. Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin. And you're right about the contract. They rewarded him. He wanted to stay in South Beach. Four years, $40 million. That's the extension that Parker had to be, I mean, ecstatic about for the start of his career because he came in with Amari Cooper, and I was calling him as the better player, if you remember, because of his time that he he shared with Teddy Bridgewater. He could go up, he could high point the ball with the best of them, and he showed it last year he can do that. So I think everybody is sleeping on him. I mean, we ought to be calling – you can't call him a comeback because he came back last year. You can't really call him a breakout because he broke out last year, and you can't really call him a sleeper. So it's, it's, it's one of the unfortunate things about Devontae Parker. You can't call him anything. He's going to avoid a lot of lists. But at five, at the end of the fifth round, I love the pick. I love the pick. And it's not just because I'm a Louisville guy. Uh, Corey, <laughs> I want to bring this up. I heard, a lot of Louis, I heard a lot of Louisville in there. But yeah, no, in there, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was um, – 
you know, it was video games. Y'all jealous. It Just was, jealous. You know, jealous. <laughs> it was video games. It was it was fast food. It was yeah. not wanting to battle through injuries. You, you know what I'm saying? But it, it but yeah, but it, 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 here's the deal, and, and it's credit to him. It clicked. It clicked. It clicked. He got the message, and he went out there, and now he's becoming the player that we think he could be. Now, listen, here's the thing that's so crazy, Scott, is four or five years ago, the rub was wide receivers break out in their third year. Yep. But uh-huh. all of a sudden now, that doesn't work anymore. You need Since Odell Beckham, wide receivers have to have instant success. Let's not forget yeah. that they still need time to develop. Yeah, that's true. That's true. By the way, I wanted to give a shout-out to the crew in the chat room at Red vs. Blue. Some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football are in there. Frank Shinnick, kicking base, Raz Boom. Uh, Tony is in the, in the chat. He's actually in this draft. Let's take a look at Tony's team here. Uh, Tony got into the Red vs. Blue draft. He's the 6 hole. By the way, what I wanted to say was we see a 3RB team. Do you know there's no zero RB team here in this entire league? Usually in the in FFWC, don't you have one team that goes three wide receivers to start? We have one team in the entire league that goes two wide receivers to start. Let's take a look at that first. Cleveland Clowns, Tom Morrison starts off Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Okay. Nobody else took started wide receiver, two wide receivers at all. And then the first round is running back heavy. Heavy. Ten of the ten of the first picks in the first round. Uh, ten of the ten of the twelve are RB. So only one team does two wide receivers start, which is fascinating to me. This is the year I guess FFWC has been flipped on its head uh, with COVID nineteen and the draft board. Uh, Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, and David Johnson become his three RBs. After that, uh, Corey, break it down. Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson. David Johnson after starting with those two dominant wide receivers. Yeah, um, it, it's it's a it's a lot that, in my opinion, obviously, it's a lot that's going to have to be fixed. These are not the three running backs that I would have went with. That's not how, how I would have set it up. I think this injury situation that you have to look at in, inside, and you know, obviously with Chris Carson and then Melvin Gordon, we don't really know what the workload is going to be. So I think that's that that can be an issue in, in that situation as well. And then who was the other one? Uh, he went Melvin Gordon, Chris Carson, David Johnson. And I, but, and, and I, I think David Johnson is washed up. Yeah, Melvin Gordon was RB17. The only one he could have had outside of that would have been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a rookie. He already had Tyreek Hill. Him. so I thought That would have been pretty exciting. You get two Kansas City Chiefs on your team. But it's RB17 already by the time you've gotten your first RB. So there was no Fournette, no Connor, no Gurley, no nothing, kind of those middle guys that you might consider. Uh, and then at RB19, he has Chris Carson. Again, maybe you take Le'Veon Bell there. Maybe you take the rookie Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis because if you all have seen Jonathan Taylor run, uh, if you haven't, you need to go and YouTube him and watch how powerful this dude is along with quick, nimble, speed, everything. I mean, everything. He's got it all. I think everybody's asleep at the wheel with Jonathan Taylor. If you're letting him be picked at RB21 when we were just taking Josh Jacobs last year in the early third and sometimes, you know, uh, I think people are sleeping on Jonathan Taylor. Or maybe are they making too much of Marlon Mack, Frankie? 
No, not me. Well, maybe it's other people are, but you know, that that's not me. I mean, as we know, I'm, I've been highlighting it already for Sports Illustrated, and I'm all over the Jonathan Taylor train. Jonathan Taylor okay, is good. my number one. He's my number one rookie uh, running back in all of football this year. I have him ranked mm-hmm. ahead of Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I think that he steals the job from Marlon Mack. He's running behind mm-hmm. arguably the best offensive line in football. He's got a veteran mm-hmm. now under center in Philip Rivers. He's got a healthy, possibly T.Y. Hilton returning. They got a. You know, they have talent all over the field on that for that team. And for me, John DeTaylor, he's an absolute beast. This kid worked – he just worked people at Wisconsin, and he just absolutely dominated. And for this two-time Dope Award winner, he's my special play. So uh, for right now, mm-hmm. all I can say is we need to keep it quiet. I like seeing him go a pick 21. <laughs> maybe, I think <laughs> prefer to uh, <laughs> go maybe a pick 31. Let's, let's get yeah. him to four. Let's, get, let's, let's, let's not hype this kid too much. But for yeah. me, though, overall, though, all joking aside, guys, for me, Jonathan Taylor, I, I'm, I'm shocked that he went after Le'Veon Bell because we know that Adam Gates is not a fan of Le'Veon Bell. So I'm shocked to see him even go before him. I mean, yeah. Well, but, so for me, Jonathan Taylor all day. I like it. I think he's my breakout player of the year. If I have to do preseason pro, he's a big candidate for that. He's probably – there's probably only one other name. I'm not going to mention it now. But preseason pro, Jonathan Taylor has a good chance of being my breakout player of the year because look, I mean, at RB 21 in the end of the fourth round that qualifies, I'm saying don't wait that long. Okay. Um, you should definitely be taking him. If You know, he's right. Pro football focus ranked Indianapolis Colts for the number one offensive line this year. Now, maybe, maybe they won't be number one, but they're going to be damn good with those players. I mean, I think they were, they had the, they, they called it the number three offensive line last year, but you're talking about Quentin Nelson, who, you know, I mean, can, you can build a football team around Quentin Nelson. They've got another pro bowler in Ryan Kelly. They've got also Anthony Costanzo. Uh, it's a great offensive uh, line. And, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about it, Corey. Jonathan Taylor uh, is, is, is he uh, – you, you've got Edward Hilaire over him, and that's fair, right? I mean, you've got Edward Hilaire because he's going to get the catches in Kansas City. I got well. I got Edward Hilaire because he's going to get the catches in Kansas City. Right. He's going to be a part of that offense. He's probably going to score – more, more more points than anybody else in football. Maybe not the Baltimore. I'm about to say the Orioles. Maybe not the Ravens <laughs> or the Cowboys. Um, <laughs> um, maybe not the maybe not the Ravens or the Cowboys. They'll be in that mix too. But that's that's um, you know that's why I would take Edward Talia. I am one of those people though that think Marlon Mack is going to be not relegated. I, I now, remember here's, that. Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I also think that Jonathan Taylor has that home run hitting ability. So Marlon Mack could be a part of the offense, and Jonathan Taylor could still rack up big fantasy points, kind of like Alvin Kamara in his first, in his, in his first season. Where you had a guy in Mark Ingram, you know, I, I think you have a similar situation to Ingram and Kamara. I think, you know, listen, the thing about it is, though, he can't fumble the football, Jonathan Taylor, and he's got to protect Phil Rivers. He has to do that because Marlon Mack, doesn't fumble, and Marlon Mack is an excellent uh, pass blocker. So you got to look at that situation too as well. So, and you know, the coach already said that, listen, I'm, this was a couple of months ago. We don't know what the situation is now. You know, Frank Wright already said we don't look at it as a one-two punch. We look at it as a one-one punch. But he does like the fact that Taylor has that home run hitting ability. Yeah, and let's look at Fantasy Noob's roster uh, David Moore is in this draft from the three hole. He went Zeke after the top two. Mm. Nothing wrong with that because right, if he's right, already yeah. had COVID, right, you don't me, you don't have me, to you don't have to worry about him getting it. Let me give you a, let me give you a quick strategy thing right here, especially yeah. like how those running backs 
how those wide receivers, you know, when you take that when you take that approach where you go heavy, um, you you, you get those, you know, you you look at those secondary wide receivers, right? Mm-hmm. That, that that he was able to acquire. What happens is, what pick did he have? Uh, the team we just the, spoke about. Oh, Zeke Elliott, Jonathan Taylor team, or the or the one with the two wide receivers, three running backs. The one with the two wide receivers, three running backs. Oh, okay. He he was from the nine hole. So that to me that says you can't employ that strategy from the nine hole. Right. If you oh, because, up, oh, because if your RB one is is all is at the level exactly. of Melvin Exactly. If you play. come exactly, if you come up, if you're in the four five hole, then maybe you can get a Todd Gurley yeah. to be that first running back or something like that. So that's all I wanted to say, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Unless you think Jonathan Taylor or Edward Hilaire uh, is a breakout player. Yes, you're risking it. I, and I think he understood he was risking it there when he goes wide receiver, wide receiver. He's not expecting to get back. I mean, he's already at RB 17 at that point. You're right. You need to have that kind of figured out. And he probably, he probably knew that, uh, you know, he's got a Tyreek and Devante. Nobody else has that. Uh, but let's look at fantasy yeah, news. You guys. Zeke Elliott from three. Mm-hmm. Again, the point with Zeke is that, again, he's already tested positive. Uh, so that makes – I mean, and once you get it out of the way, it's great. You get it out of the way. You're not, you're not going to miss time for it it's again. No, he was already faded. So I'm, I, I feel good about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Sports Illustrated story and, and if, you, and, if you missed and that, that one. And shout, out, and shout out to uh, Kurt for the line of the night. But uh, let's, let, we'll continue on. <laughs> Uh, A-Rob was his uh, wide receiver one from uh, the 210 fantastic season there but a quarterback situation I mean it didn't matter if you had Mitch Trubisky and and you you put up the kind of stats that A-Rob did it can't it's probably going to get better if it is Nick Foles because A-Rob was 98 catches 1100 yards and seven touchdowns maybe the touchdown number even goes up because because of that. I mean, there's not much else. And then he gets DJ Moore. Let's talk about DJ Moore as your wide receiver to there, Corey, when there are players like AJ Brown, Cooper cup, uh, they're available because look, I was as high as anybody on DJ Moore. And I still am as a dynasty standpoint. I do worry about a new quarterback coming to town and the, and syncing up, getting on the same page and making him the, the kind of the four, although DJ Moore did, I mean, they didn't have a quarterback last year. Well, the quarterback was able to get the ball to DJ Moore. This right. quarterback, and we love him, is going to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey. You know, that's that's Teddy Bridgewater's game. That is Dumpers. Teddy Bridgewater's game. You know, yeah, exactly. Six, seven yards, six, seven yards a route, and he's got the he ball out, it out. out of his hand. He's trying to move the chains. Yeah, he can throw it down the field, but that's not really. We haven't seen him do that a lot. No offense that he's been in. Right. Now you do have a dynamic offense, an innovative offense. But um, right. Uh, what's, what's your boy's name from from um from LSU? Oh, uh, the Saints. Joe Stanley. I don't know. I can't think his name right now. So he is, you know, he is a, he is a great offensive mind. Who, who, who was the dude from that? That was the that was the uh, the offensive coordinator at LSU last year. Joe oh. Brady. Yeah. So Joe Brady. Yeah. yeah. So Joe Brady is in Carolina now, and he is an innovative offensive mind. Yeah. But the talent is Bridgewater, and I don't see Bridgewater as an air it out type of quarterback. So I worry about right. that with DJ Moore. They they got to they got to draft that. Frankie, he's right. Um, Teddy is the kind of kind of guy. It's it, it, DJ Moore. It a little bit scares me. I mean, he's a he's a great talent, and I think Teddy will get him the ball because DJ Moore is the type of player that'll just you know you run a slant, any kind of pattern, uh, running across the field, let him get a, get the ball in space, 
and then take off and make plays with it. Same thing with Curtis Samuel on the other side of the field. So, you know, he's got two of them to throw to, and then they can both go deep with that speed. Yeah, and, and well, no, definitely. And let's not forget about a guy that you often loved that's now on the scene in Carolina. That would be Robbie Anderson. Yep. Oh, Robbie. Yeah, so Robbie being there makes me a little bit hesitant about DJ Moore. I'm not so sure that he doesn't steal some of those deep threats and, you know, and, and steal maybe some touchdowns. Because we know that when Robbie's healthy and he's got a, a, a capable quarterback tossing him the rock, I, there's yeah. no reason why he can't score eight to ten touchdowns. That could hurt DJ Moore's production. We already know that that, that, local, that, that whole offense is really going to go be worked through Christian McCaffrey. There's no doubt there. But for me, right. DJ Moore is a great talent. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, you look at that, but DJ Moore is a great talent. I'm just not so sure. For me, I, I, I don't know how I'm going to be approaching him this year. It all depends on how draft boards go and how, how I really begin. Do I go run it? Do I really need a wide receiver at that spot? Or do I, you know, possibly go wide receiver, wide receiver, or running back, running back? And it all depends on how the board falls. But DJ Moore, DJ Moore is definitely an interesting pick, and I love that your boy Teddy is on the center there now but I'm just worried that there might be more talent there than meets the eye, and the arrival of Robbie Anderson could hurt him. All right, Corey, everybody knows you're a Cowboy guy. Uh, Dak Prescott goes QB4 here. If you don't get Lamar, Mm -hmm. you don't get Mahomes. I don't think people are worried because you've got a slew of other quarterbacks, Russell, Watson, Dak, Kyler. All of those guys are going to have phenomenal seasons. I would rather – or do you think you are going to be the guy that gets one of those four or pays up for one of those two? I would see myself more likely getting one of those four rather than paying up for one of those two, or I'll just wait, and then, you know, I'll get creative at the end and, you know, roll a couple of different quarterbacks out there. It's always a quarterback that's mispriced that pops. All, every single season, it's a quarterback that's, mis, that's mispriced that pops. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Joe Burrow this year. I think that could happen right off right off the rip, and I understand that's tough for a rookie quarterback. I think he's a guy. I would take a stab at Jalen Hurts this year. Also, I put him on my bench because okay. if Carson Wentz <laughs> gets injured, it could be right. Yeah, he never Jero. makes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I would look at that. So I think it's number. That would be ways. fun. I, obviously, I like Haskins. I like Haskins a lot this year too. So I think there's a number of different ways that you can look at it, but I'd probably be in that. Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, you know, and then you, I might, you know, have some Matt Ryan and stuff like that to go along with it. Yep. Corey, I appreciate you uh, coming aboard. Uh, obviously, you are killing it for our uh, new SI Fantasy. SI Fantasy Premium is about to launch. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on, uh, obviously, Sports Illustrated and Twitter. Yeah, at the Fantasy Exec on Twitter and then at Sports Illustrated, you know, we got tons of stuff with fantasy and gambling, getting ready for a big NBA season. So we're going to get a lot of money uh, in the NBA because we already see numbers moving in our direction and stuff like that. So if you're excited about the bubble, um, definitely you want to make a couple of dollars. We got you covered. And if you're not excited about the bubble, you can still make a couple of dollars. That's right. Uh, you guys are working your asses off every day, man, killing the content. Thanks, uh, thanks, Corey. Enjoy your evening, man. All right. Take care, y'all. All right, roll out. All right, so Frankie, uh, great first part of this draft here. We're about halfway through, nine rounds in already in just over uh, 50 minutes. Actually, these guys are actually kind of taking their time. They're actually using that minute of the clock and listening to the show. I hope you guys are sitting back. Hope you're relaxing, 
sip, taking a sip, and you're, you're, you're enjoying this draft and this commentary that goes with it. We, um, we're really excited about the leagues this year. Obviously, COVID-19 is not, uh, was not, is not for being friendly to the world right now. And it puts our live event, it put us in a very tough spot for our live event. And we, um, look, we would love to be out there with you uh, in Vegas. And we hope that some of you can make it out there and stay safe and enjoy yourselves. You definitely, you've earned it after this year that has went on. But we will be back live in Vegas next year. We have an event plan that is absolutely unbelievable. I, I, I look at it on paper every day just thinking about how much fun it's going to be. But we didn't feel right about it this year. And so we will be back. It is online only this year. It will be virtual. We will have some virtual Zoom drafts so that we can see your ugly mugs and you guys can, um, you guys can trash talk a little bit. That'll be fun. Uh, but these are basically 100% payout leagues this year. As a give back to you guys, we do ask you to, to support our – support our team, support our site, become a member, embrace uh, what we're doing and help us. If, if you enjoy the content, uh, you know, you're some of the best players in the world. We want to feature you. We want to highlight you. We want to break your drafts down and your strategies and talk about them with you. Um, that's what we enjoy so much. This online championship is 200 bucks this year. It used to be 299. Now it's 200 bucks. And we raised and pushed all in on the prizes to give it all back. Uh, and so we're happy to do it. We, we're watching the leagues every, uh, every night. Now they're, they're filling, uh, and we have the World Championship Leagues, the Dominator Leagues, where you can still win ten grand, um, but for only twelve hundred bucks instead of the seventeen ninety five that we've had before. And we also pushed all in on that. You even have a, a second place prize there, and we we upgraded the prizes there. But I see a number on this switchboard that I've been waiting to see for a while, Frankie. Frankie, you know this number. Uh, I, I just wonder if he has gotten one of these new fan dangled smartphones. Instead of having the old flip phones, uh, for a good old buddy from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Tramp. Mikey, it's red versus blue, and you're back, baby. I love you, brother. How's it going, Scott? It's going good, man. We've had a tough year. I think we've all had a tough, uh, a tough year. Uh, but it's, it's good to get a little bit of normalcy again and just a little bit of an escape with a red versus blue. How about you? Yes, I uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, when I when I talked to you uh, uh, earlier today, you were texting me, and uh, I was like, man, I need to get on there. I need to get on there, but I don't have a proper phone. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's great hearing your voice always, and uh, red versus blue will always be red versus blue. It will always uh, maintain itself, And uh, but I just, uh, just had to – had to call in for a few minutes, man. Well, we're stuck on this fantasy noob team. Uh, by the way, Frankie Fantasy's here in the in the in the uh, in the call, and we're going to bring on Sean Childs here in a little bit. Cool. Uh, David Moore's team, fantasy noob, is the one we're stuck on. Let's let's wrap it up. Zeke, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift at his RB three. Did you know, uh, exact uh, Frankie, that we have DeAndre Swift? Sean has him has his RB fifteen this year. Wow, that's it's a lot of respect, but I can understand it because, uh, as as all, almost all our members know, you know, uh, obviously I am very high this year on the, my comeback player of the year is obviously uh, Matthew Stafford. So for me, it makes sense to have arguably one of his most explosive players besides Kenny Galladay uh, to be the guy that's there. And, and unfortunately, I'm an Auburn guy and I'm an SEC guy, so it hurts me and it pains me to see that Kerryon Johnson has fallen so far. But as we've seen in the first 
several years of his career, Kerryon Johnson, due to injury, has not been really been able to stay on the field. And, be, and due to that fact, DeAndre Swift is in prime position to really steal his role. And if he's able to steal his role, the Detroit Lions, they could be one of the best teams, you know, offensively, you know, in fantasy football this year. Because prior to that injury last year, in only eight games, Stafford was on pace for career numbers. And so it makes yep. sense for DeAndre Swift to really be the guy and be the focal point in the, in the workhorse in that backfield. So I, I am 100% in agreement with, uh, with Sean on those rankings. Uh, Mikey, DeAndre Swift, yes. uh, a rookie coming in. And, I mean, you, you watched the NFL draft. We all did. He was the back that everybody was like, you got to take this guy. And Detroit comes in and swoops in on him. Right, and uh, I totally agree because uh, Stafford was, I mean, he was well on pace for one hellacious year, and uh, then things happened. But uh, to Andre Swift, uh, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, he can really be, uh, he can be fantastic. I, is he a project? I don't think so. I think he's uh, NFL ready and ready to go. Yeah, the question will be is, is how much carry on still wants, uh, how, how how much they want to keep him involved, and, and and I think if you stack them side by side, Swift is the better player. Let's look at what he does here, though. If he's taking these three running backs, he takes Mark Andrews. Who is his wide receiver three? Deont- Deontay Johnson with Ben Roethlisberger back. Uh, Mikey, you saw what Deontay Johnson did in the little bit of time that we got to see him last year. 59 catches, 680 yards, and five touchdowns. And it seemed like he started to really get it together there at the end of the year when, you know, his last four games, he saw 23 catches. So with, with Big Ben, right. are, you, are you buying Deontay Johnson and Juju kind of as, uh, as, as I mean, look, if, if you're buying the Ben Roethlisberger resurgence, you're buying these guys. Well, exactly. Uh, it's, I, I think a lot of it uh, depends on uh, is, ben, is Big Ben fine? Is he good? Is he healthy? Is he good? And if he is, right. then uh, you almost got to buy Deontay Johnson. Yeah, he's 23, Frankie, and he he had his own. Um, I think he had a uh, a groin injury or something, and I don't know if he's even been cleared. But I know I have heard reports that he's been uh, getting some time with Big Ben, which is good. You're going to need that chemistry um, to be the wide receiver three because that means you're in the lineup every week with this lineup construction. Not getting your wide receiver three until the seventh round. He's in your lineup every week. So you, this is – when you look at a team, it's kind of funny, Mike and, and Frankie. Like, that's when, – when I look at that team, that's the most important, important pick of his draft because it's in his lineup every single week. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 and the potential is there. So I, I, I love it. I love Deontay Johnson. I, I actually feel that he is better value this year in fantasy drafts than where Juju Smith-Schuster is actually going in his ADP. So for me, I actually I'm 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 very very bullish on Deontay Johnson this year. So I think it's a great pick. All right, I'll take that. Mikey Trent, uh, Amari Cooper is uh, one of your Cowboys, so I know you like him and you root for him. Uh, He's he went at two twelve to the Christian McCaffrey owner here, along with Odell Beckham. Let's talk about John Anderson's start there. McCaffrey, Cooper, Beckham, Lockett, Ertz. What do you think? Uh, I, I think uh, I think Cooper is a little early there. That's okay. just me. Uh, yeah, why does he I, I really do. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a little early uh, because, you know, I, I think Prescott's going to have a fantastic year. I think the that's whole where he situation finished last year, is. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And I, I, I think the whole situation in Dallas is okay, but uh-huh. it's not great. Just okay. If that really? makes any sense. Okay. Yeah. I, I just say okay. Uh, I still do you think, you think Jarwin a has a better year than Witten did last year? Does Is Jarwin an improvement over Witten, yes or no? Mm, I'd say no. I, I'd, is, say, I'd say it's it, it, similar. Is C.D. Lamb an immediate improvement as the wide receiver three in that offense? No. Not not great. Not comp- Who was their wide receiver three last year, Frankie? Do we even – I mean, what, what are we talking about? Was it uh, Tavon Austin Gallup. or – well, he was the two, Ooh. wasn't he? Yeah, Gallup, Gallup was two. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think yeah, he's Gallup. an immediate improvement. I think he's going to be a fantastic player in the NFL. But Frankie, in his rookie year, an immediate improvement, I would say no. Frankie, why am I why am I thinking that uh, uh, C.D. Lamb is like the replacement for Cooper literally within, you know, maybe by next year, it's Lamb Gallup. Um, Cedric Wilson or whoever that number three is. Am I overstating what C.D. Lamb's going to be to that team? Because I know I drafted him also in the Scott Fishbowl too, thinking this same thing, and you didn't seem to. You were kind of on the rugs train. I remember this. So am I on an island here with thinking C.D. Lamb's just going to be an immediate quick study uh, for Dak and it's going to be writings on the wall for Cooper? I think so. That, that's how I honestly feel. But, I mean, C.D. Lamb was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I, I listen, as a Jets fan, I was hoping that the Jets would, would select him in the first round. Instead, they obviously got him. Yeah. Back, yeah, yeah, they, they actually went uh, Beckton, you know, and, and Beckton, you know, yeah. your boy from Louisville because they needed from? to protect yep. the blind side. <laughs> yeah, and they needed to, to protect Sam Donald's blind side. So, it wasn't that bad. That's smart. But I really – it is smart, but I was hoping that the Jets, you know, for them would get a guy like C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy because they need that number one guy to really grow and, and help, you know, the progression of Sam Darnold as well, besides getting him offensive line support. But you can't argue either way. But overall, in terms of Dallas, I think that Malcolm, Michael Gallup is really a potential. But, you know, here's an interesting, you know, tidbit. Like, you know, you and I spoke about C.D. Lamb. For me, right now, I think he's behind both those guys, but I think the writing could be on the wall. But what happens if the Jets can't come to terms with, you know, obviously with their star safety? If Jamal Adams, you know, fights his way out of town and winds up in Dallas, don't be surprised if one of those three receivers, particularly Lamb or maybe Gallup, is the guy that maybe comes back in part of a package for Jamal Adams. And now they're in New York, and there's your pick of C.D. Lamb, whether C.D. Lamb's in New York. He would be the number one, in my opinion, the clear number one. I mean, I I, I know a lot of people are all over, you know, Jamison Crowder, but Jamison Crowder to me is is more of a one-dimensional guy. He's not a home run threat that C.D. Lamb could really be. And I'm not really sold on Rashad Perryman. I think he's a one-year wonder. I don't. I'm not so sure that he's going to be the guy that the Jet fans are really going to be looking for and can become that go-to guy for Sam Donald and really, you know, break down the elite number one corner that he'll he'll be demanding to face every year. So if that potential trade does happen down the line, Scott, you got home run potential with C.D. Lamb in year one. If not. He's more of a dynasty player for me because I'm worried about not only what's his role, but also due to the COVID, how much is he really? How much of these wide receivers in the rookie landscape? How much are they of the uh, playbook do they learn, and how fast are they assimilated into these offenses if they're really not able to really get the work in that they would normally would be on the normal? Boy, time? boy, uh, uh, Mikey, Frankie's That's a the big only guy. Frank, Frankie's the only guy I can ask a question about C.D. Lamb, and he break down the entire Jets team for me. <laughs> it has nothing to do with CD Lamb. I mean, 
That was fantastic. Uh, real quick, before I go to you, Mikey, let's let's bring on Sean Childs, our resident Rain Man, Rain Man Data Analytics. We launched it a couple years ago, and look, uh, Fantasy Pros top five ranking the last three years. It's absolutely incredible. Over a hundred websites participate. Sean Childs is uh, joins Red versus Blue. Uh, welcome, Sean. How you doing, buddy? All right. Can you hear me? Barely. Real quiet. Real quiet. That's a good, that's a great horse. You remember that horse? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Fantastic horse. I do. I do. Real, real quiet. Horse. And uh, who was the horse that beat him in the Triple Easy Crown? Easy Remember? What? No. No. Who was what? The horse that what? That beat him in the Belmont. Came in at late stretch runner. Late stretch runner. Uh, it written it by a uh, female it, jockey. It wasn't, it wasn't mine that bird, was it? No, Victory Gallop. Nope. Victory Gallop. Okay. Victory Gallop, written by Julie Crone, wasn't it? Oh, man, you got me there. I think so, written there. by Julie Crone. Or Gary Stevens. One of the, anyway. I, I love, I love uh, by the way, Mikey, do you have YouTube now that you've got these smartphones? Do you have YouTube? Have I you do. heard of YouTube? Okay, you heard of um, You can actually yeah, watch heard of horse races. Yeah, I days ago. You can watch horse races, so you can just type in your little search, Barbaro. You can, the kids, like, they, they don't type anything anymore. They speak everything. But you can type in Barbaro, and you can watch Barbaro. And you can, I mean, you can Giacomo. Yeah. You can watch all these horses that we just grew up loving in the Derby. You can watch it on YouTube. Sean, Sean. I've been betting, you, go ahead. I've been betting Saratoga the last, uh, the last week and a half. Oh, that's so much fun, living the life. Sean Childs, can, you hear, can, can we hear you better now? Uh, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Oh, I hear you. Yeah, way better, man. Way better. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, just spent, uh, drove off the uh, side of the road and did a week baseball drafting, but, you know, back to football. Let's talk about um, this draft tonight. This is the red versus blue draft. You have done a ton of work on the outlooks, and one of the players that you had higher than any site that I've seen in the industry is Daniel Jones. I talked to Ian about it tonight. I said, we've got to do something about this Daniel Jones call uh, because it is bold. And look, you're a numbers guy. Daily double Jerry Bryant looks at that and takes he, – he won this league last year, and he takes Daniel Jones as the QB9 on the board in the 11th round. What makes Daniel Jones come up in your projection so high? Uh, just overall, he has a good running back. Uh, he can run a little bit, some rushing touchdowns, and his depth at wide receiver pretty good, and he has a pretty good tight end. The whole key there is can everybody stay healthy? Um, he's got to clean up the fumbles, obviously, and you know, the interceptions really weren't that bad, but he had enough explosive games last year with years ex- a year's experience. He's pretty good this year, and I, you know, Giants should, offense should push a lot uh, more forward, in, with, especially with Barkley uh, having a healthy season. Mikey, uh, Daniel Jones, you watched him last year, and I think the world kind of said, whoa, maybe we were wrong about it. He has Odell Beckham. He, I mean, he, used, uh, he has uh, Saquon Barkley, excuse me. Yeah, he has uh, the receivers in Darius Slayton and Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard, and he has a great tight end in Evan Ingram. He's, I mean, he's got every, every piece around him, especially if you like those wide receivers like I do. Um, well, the first two anyway. What do, you, what do you think about Daniel Jones this year? Uh, I like Jan- Daniel Jones last year. Uh, I like him this year. Um, it, it, it's like what he was saying, you, you know, clean up the fumble 
activity and all of that. Uh, the one upside that he has is he's playing against a weak division. And right. if he gets a chance to do that as much as possible, that will only improve his numbers. Uh, his receiving core is not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. But playing against that weak division, I think that, uh, you know, he cleans up his fumble act and he'll, he, he could post up some serious, seriously good numbers. Let's talk about the, the the quarterback that you would have probably taken there, Frankie. You are the Matt Stafford guy, right? I mean, that's your comeback player of the year, Matt Stafford at QB 11 there in the 12th round. Yeah, I think that's solid value for me. I mean, to see him, you know, it, it's it's just so it, – it's an adjustment for me to see Stafford, you know, going in the same round as Tom, Tom Brady, but going after Daniel Jones, I mean – the fantasy landscape, it just continues to change. And for me, I, 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 I honestly believe that Stafford is primed for a big year. And, and it, it would be a difficult decision for me there in, in that 12th round if I was in this draft trying to decipher which one of those guys to really step out on because obviously we know Tom Brady is, is really primed for a big year. But for Stafford, for me, he's definitely my comeback player, so I probably would lean that way. Sean, the, the quarter. Sean, the quarterback that was on the move this offseason is terrific Tommy, Tommy Brady. QB 10 in this draft, drafted by Mr. Pink, Andrew Palermo, one of the top players here. Tom Brady, uh, he won this. He was second place in 2018. Always the bridesmaid. 2018, second place. 2015, second place. Can he get over the hump with a Tom Brady? Let's look at his roster. Tom Brady at quarterback, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Jordan Howard, Naheem Hines at running back, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Boyd, Christian Kirk at wide receiver, Tyler Higby, Hayden Hurst. What do you think? He's he's obviously uh, hoping that RB2 turns out, Sean. Yeah, he's got the you know, Brady with Godwin. You know, Brady's got two top ten receivers. I mean, uh, Evans went overall, and over the last two years, those receivers in Tampa had 3,500 and they had 4,000 yards. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty uh, high ceiling, or, or even I should say, even a high floor. And you know, Brady's not going to turn the ball over. Um, he does use running back a lot more, and but there's a lot to look there. It's, that's a great value for him. He really fits his team. He's tied to God, Godwin, um, uh, and he, in adding two, three other receivers right behind it, and his RB2 Montgomery should be better. So uh, th- his his structure is really, really good. He's relying on uh, he re- repeating what he did last year. Uh, Howard will rotate a little bit, and Hines is you know to get a little of the pass in action. And Hurst, you know, everybody likes him being Atlanta, taking over for Austin Hooper. So there's a lot to like for his structure. Um, be the only thing probably looking at the team maybe uh, Chubb up was probably might be you know a little early considering you know his pass catching and wasn't there. But the, you know, a lot of other drafters might have taken a different running back there. But overall, I think the structure is pretty good there. It is a really solid drafter, Mike. Uh, draft, Mikey, uh, because look, he's yep. got, like you said, he's got the fun tight ends and Higby. And if that doesn't work out, you know they're going to do a lot of two tight end sets this year in LA. And then you got Hayden Hurst, who's going to get his chance. He got buried by Mark Andrews with Lamar having that chemistry with Mark Andrews. But Hurst was drafted before Andrews with the higher pedigree, so he's like, okay, we got to get, we got to get a new, uh, new opportunity for this kid, and he gets one in Atlanta. I think Atlanta might have struck gold here, and nobody was taught, nobody knew it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, it, I'm going back to what uh, Sean was talking about, and uh, you know, it's it's funny to see uh, how uh, who's going to score more 
fantasy points, Stafford, um, I'm just thinking about this, Stafford mm-hmm. or Tom Brady. And, hmm. you know, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be – I mean, I think – I really love Stafford right now. I, I'm just – I'm all over Stafford because of uh, what he did uh, last year before the injury and everything. But uh, I don't know. I, I like Atlanta as well. So, uh, th- there's a lot of different things, a lot of uh, moving parts right now uh, yeah. because we we don't know exactly what's going on. But uh, I just – I feel like they're all going to be ready, and they're going to be ready to play uh, excellent football. Yeah, I like that. Uh, anytime you get a stack like that, Frankie, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, that's fun. Let's look at the other team uh, back, back here where we, we're starting to look at Bada Bing, uh, Jim Scarnati from the two-hole. Let's go back to the front of this draft here. Uh, he starts off Barkley, Kelsey, Gurley, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Mark Ingram, Marvin Jones, Russell Wilson. So he's got his quarterback. He's got three wide receivers. He waited till the fourth round to get his wide receiver one, but he lands Keenan Allen. Now, it's not the Keenan Allen of old, or is it, Frankie? Because Keenan Allen is, I mean, he was a great player with Rivers. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor, is he that much of a downgrade from an older, aging Philip Rivers? I feel he is. I, I, I'm, I'm actually down on Keenan Allen if, Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback there because if, yeah, if. if because if Justin Herbert is able to come in and, and steal the position, you know I'm worried. Obviously, do it once again due to the COVID nineteen. Can you know? Can he? Will he have the opportunity to really come in and, and steal that position? And I'm not really so sure, especially with no preseason games. So you know how it's really going to be up to what they the coaches see in practice, and I'm not so sure that that's going to happen now. And if that doesn't happen, then for me, Keenan Allen is a downgrade. Because and, and that's because of the fact that you're going to have a quarterback on the center that, for me, my projections have a quarterback who probably will finish anywhere from 220 to 240 yards passing per game. And that, for me, is, that does not lead to fantasy glory, especially when Keenan Allen, for this team coming out of the two-hole, he's obviously going to be your wide receiver one, the guy that you really need to produce for your team. And I'm worried right now from that position if you're going to get that with Tyrod Taylor tossing him the ball. Sean Child. That's a good point. Sean Childs, uh, let's let's. I'm just going to ask you point blank. Look, this is the L.A. Chargers now. You need to put fans in the seats. Well, I'm sorry. This is a COVID year. They get they get to get away with that. Um, Anthony Lynn <laughs> replaced Mike McCoy. Anthony Lynn's the head coach. Do they take and put Herbert to the Wolves at some point? What do you what do you predict? Early in the season, middle of the season, or late in the season? Uh, it's, it really comes down to, I think, you know, the win-loss record. I, I would guess that Taylor would get maybe the first four games to see if he can, you know, be two and two or, you know, and keep the, keep them in the hunt a little bit. But um, at some point, you know, if they fall out of the race, he will, he will, they will definitely switch to the younger quarterback. And just on a Frankie's point, it's kind of interesting, you know, he was talking about Allen. So my, I guess the question to him, for, for back to him, is McLaren played for Washington, which was probably a team last year that, you know, passed for – you know, a low number of yards similar to right. um, what he's projected for Taylor, but McLaurin, McLaurin is a, the 24th receiver, was pretty respected. I think Allen's a better player, but where he's a back-end wide receiver too, I mean, I think Allen would catch more passes. It's kind of an interesting, you know, a look, you know, would you take McLaurin, Allen? So, you know, I think Allen has the better overall resume and would catch passes. I think price 
agree with Frankie, he would slide. Um, the quarterback is obviously the key there. And uh, if they, and I really like to charge defense, so I really think they're going to run a lot, ball a lot, which actually hurts their uh, passing game. You know, they don't have to chase on the score, scoreboard as much. So, interesting Mike, there. Ma- yeah. Yeah. Mikey, we're going to play a little game here with the Chargers schedule. You ready? First four games out of the gate. Chargers at Bengals in Joe Burrow's debut. Win or a loss for the Chargers? Uh, that's going to be – I think it's going to be a win. Okay. They beat the Bengals. They're 1-0. Chiefs at Chargers, that's a loss. Loss, yeah. Okay, they're one and one. Panthers at Chargers. I would say a loss. Okay, they're one and two. Chargers at Buccaneers. Ooh, that's uh, probably a loss. All right, one and three. Chargers at Saints. New quarterback. He'll start in game four. Or that would be game five then. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're saying uh, that, literally Herbert, Herbert's in there by game five or six. Nah, they're not going to start him on the road. So, no, that would be okay. a loss. They'll go one and four, okay. and their next game is at home, correct? Uh-huh, Jets at, Jets at Chargers. There you go. That's, it. That's his debut right there. That's his debut. Okay, we figured it out. So then Keenan Allen has to suffer with Tyrod Taylor for a while. But don't you suffer with a rookie quarterback too, or does does Herbert get him the ball? You do. I mean, that's that's who you're, you're going to throw to. You're going to throw to Herbert. You, I mean, no, Herbert's going to throw suffer, to Allen. You, no. You're going to suffer uh, either way. Uh, but if you start out now, if they was to uh, win game one and two, and who knows, get a little momentum going then that no. could change the whole landscape of everything. But if you start out one and three or one and four and right. you're playing your next game at home against the Jets, yeah, that's the time to pull the plug. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the pass, passing yards for the Chargers with Phillip Rivers, you're at 4,400. To, to Sean's point, McLaurin had a fantastic season with uh, the Redskins throwing for only 3,000 yards. So – you know, anything is possible with these guys. If you're getting Keenan Allen at wide receiver 22, can't argue with that, right? I mean, you, you just you just really can't. You could have taken Lockett there maybe, but not a big deal. I like the team, uh, especially if you could have had that, known you were going to get Russell Wilson, you could have had Wilson Lockett stacked there. But with the team with Russell Wilson, Barkley, Gurley, Ingram, Allen, McLaurin, Jones, and a tight end like in it. Kelsey and Gronk, Mike, that's a, that's a solid squad. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> although, although, although we did hear that Todd Gurley might hold out if he wasn't happy about the NFL uh, safety procedures. Todd I Gurley, guess they've Todd Gurley, he, he's going to hold out when he's nine years old. <laughs> I guess, I guess they figured that out, and then now the NFL now it feels safe. Uh, they, they agreed yeah. <laughs> with the players today. Um, yep. I guess we can't say it's not Redskins anymore. It's Washington Football Team, Sean. Uh, how, how do you think they did with that uh, team name? change what what do you what do you give that do you give that a, on a scale of one to ten how'd they do i tell you what i didn't really think about it over the last week so much it just uh you know it's interesting <laughs> that they have to do that thing but they put a lot of thought into what they were going to change it to but, you know I, I saw it and just it is what it is all right let's move on to team four here uh we already talked about david moore uh, on three bronco ken brzezowski he takes kamara at four Mike Evans comes back to him with the eighth wide receiver of the second round. George Kittle with the second tight end of the third uh, in the third round. 
And then Le'Veon Bell, RB20, Stephon Diggs at wide receiver 25, and then Jerry Judy, Jamison Crowder, finishes with Josh Allen. He does get that Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs stack going. So to recap, it's Josh Allen, Wentz at quarterback, Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, Carrion Johnson, Bart Scott at running back, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Jerry Judy, Jamison Crowder, Henry Ruggs at wide receiver, and George Kittle. Frankie, I like that team too. I, I, I mean, look, I'm not real thrilled with Diggs as the wide receiver two in a, in a new offense, especially with Josh Allen throwing the ball, uh, especially in the weather. Um, maybe that is the, the, the fatal flaw with that. Would, would you prefer T.Y. Hilton with a new quarterback in Rivers or Stephon Diggs with Josh Allen? I prefer T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, me too. What about Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati or Stephon Diggs? Stephon Diggs. Okay. All right. So, he, so he's really close. So, I mean, look, we're just we're – just, he's right about uh, – he's right there. And then he finishes with – he takes Jerry Judy in the third as his wide receiver three. Bam. Although, with this setup, he may decide that, you know what, I'm going to start Crowder at first because that's kind of the safe target machine. He's going to get five, six catches a game probably. And then wait for Judy to kind of get involved, and then and then get him in as a as a player later. You know, Frankie, talk about that team. I love Kittle as the number one tight end this year. Yeah, I think that's a. I, I love his first three picks, and I and I listen. I, there's not a bigger fan of Le'Veon Bell, both from off the Here field we go. on the field than me. I, I I do. I love the guy. I think the guy, <laughs> I, I think he got a bad rep. I think the guy wanted to get paid, but I think he deserved to get paid. And listen, he's been a model citizen ever since he showed up for the Jets, and he took a pounding behind arguably the worst offensive line in maybe in the last 10 years in the NFL last year. The Jets' offensive line was absolutely pathetic. But for, he took an absolute beating. But for me, we know that Adam Gates is not a fan of Le'Veon Bell. So the only issue I have is how do you pass on Jonathan Taylor there, only who went off the board immediately right after he picked, really at that pick. That's the only issue I have with his start. But outside of that, I mean – Listen, if we can get Adam Gates not to be the head coach of the Jets, then I love the Le'Veon Bell pick. I love it a lot more. But because Gates is just such a such a Bell hater, and I I, honestly, I I can't support that pick. But obviously, I love his first three picks. I think their their home run selections. George Kittle is phenomenal, um, and I think he's going to really have the opportunity to shine even more. Obviously, due to the injuries that we know on the San Francisco offensive side of the ball at the wide receiver position. So for me, Kittle is a great pick. Uh, Sean, Josh Allen as the QB six. I mean, I know he had what almost nine or 10 touchdowns last year, nine touchdowns, 510 yards, rushing 3000 yards. Passing was not very accurate at all. 270 completions, 460 passes. Uh, look, weather's there. He never was a real accurate guy, big, strong arm, but the running ability shocked the world for the most part. I mean, I didn't see that coming. I didn't hear anybody talking about him being that on the field. Is he a QB six caliber player when taking him in front of uh, Russell Wilson, or is that just too bold for you? It, it's it's such an impact of those rushing yards. They really count double the passing yards, and you know it's 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 kind of interesting. And if they score that many rushing touchdowns, they really are you know one touchdown. So um, he he's a really really steady guy. My problem with the Wilson is that um, he's a really good player and he has a good resume. He throws, you know, third touchdown a lot of the years in a row. But when you really look at it, their defense is really going to struggle again. And in the beginning of the games, they try to keep the game, game score so close and they really don't give 
Wilson enough chances to really kind of pile up the points in the first half. Um, their defense isn't really good this year, but Allen's um, with Diggs there. He's going to get another threat. Um, he should improve. I think he's kind of a winner. He, he really, really, really looks like a game. I really made that. I think he made one really bad mistake in the playoffs um, that might have, you know, could have been a little more competitive in that game. But he, he, he looked like, you know, he, he's on the verge of being a better passer. I think that's a pretty good combination uh, with Diggs and Allen. Uh, you know, people, you know, the thing that when you take Allen, taking a running quarterback that can give you some steady deduction, but you also have to understand that these some second quarterbacks get put back pretty good. And you can get a secondary option that's going to be good as well. So you're going to be able to you know, pair the two yep. and rotate them in. Yeah, Mikey, there's a lot to like about that strategy when you've got a safety net like a Carson Wentz. Uh, so why not why not go for it? Take a shot. I mean, it, 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 in that spot though, in the eighth round, if he knew he could get a Wentz, you know, or a Breeze, you know, type player. I mean, Rogers was even there in the thirteenth. Uh, Maybe you try to get that RB three another another flyer another dart for your for your team there. Yes, uh, you know that that's something I've wrestled with for years and years. How long do you wait? How long do you wait for that quarterback? You know, you, there's going to be plenty of them out there in rounds. You know, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, they're going to be out there. So when do you go ahead and uh, pull that trigger on that? Uh, on that quarterback, get that RB3. I mean, it, it's going to be there. And uh, is that quarterback going to be there in round 10, 11 even, or maybe even 12, it, 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 as crazy as it sounds, uh, because you can find that quarterback. Uh, I was listening uh, listening to guys talking about, uh, you know, different wide receivers and things like that. And uh, I, I, did, I missed the first uh, – 30 minutes of the show, Scott, but, uh, you know, during this time, I'm just kind of curious as to, uh, the thoughts is, is a rookie now a rookie when it comes to wide receivers talk about Judy. I love Judy. Right. Is he a rookie necessarily right now or, or is everybody a rookie coming into this year? Yeah, it's uh look, it's a it's a conversation we don't, we don't know what, what to expect if they if they're not getting time uh practice and no preseason and who who knows right. how wild of a season it's going to be. Um but we have I think we can all agree Sean and Frankie, let's let's go Frankie. Uh we've seen wide receivers kind of uh step up faster than they used to, right? I mean, when you're talking about rookie wide receivers last year, I mean what what did we have? We had um the the AJ Brown broke out at wide receiver you know early, you know twenty one or so we had Terry McLaurin wide receiver twenty nine DK Metcalf McLaurin, wide receiver thirty one yep. Debo Samuel wide receiver thirty two there's four names Darius Slayton's up there you have lots of young players that are performing and we've had several good years from from rookie wide receivers it's not taking as long as it used to no it's really not and that's why I think that it's real interesting to see guys you know that you know obviously, uh, you know, that can step right in. Scott, you and I have spoken about it, you know, staying on that same team in the 11th round, seeing guys like Henry Ruggs, and even also looking at it later on, in the, you know, in another uh, in the 12th round, Jalen Rager at Phil- in Philadelphia. I love both those picks, and I think both of them have potential to really, really emerge and give tremendous, tremendous late-round, middle-round value towards these drafts because, as you said, rookies emerged last year. And, but don't, don't, for me, those two guys at their current ADP, they're tremendous value. I love both of yep. those players this year. 
Uh, Sean, we've got John uh, Pathé here, truck. Everybody knows him. Uh, he's at the five hole. He texted me earlier and said, my team is atrocious, wanted any pick but five or six, and we gave him five and like it. Uh, Derek Henry with the five. Uh, I mean, look, you can't complain about the five when you take Derek Henry there. You did that, not us. Uh, uh, but maybe he, he he's basically saying, look, the running backs were gone, and he just decided that he was not wanting to start his draft with a wide receiver. And I get that because then you don't, you don't feel good about your RB one. So he, he wants to intentionally force the RB one onto his team. And by doing that, then he gets a wide receiver one that he's not real thrilled thrilled about probably in Kenny Galladay. Talk about that. um, How you pick your poison there, Sean, because obviously he's not a fan of this team and this start with Derek Henry, Kenny Galladay. Well, I mean, it's, it's when you're he got the pick and Thomas slid him and he passed him. I mean, you, you know passed Thomas is, has a high floor and, a, and, and even a higher ceiling if he had more touchdowns. He's in the right offense, so he he chose the running back, but he he definitely could have had the, the edge at wide receiver. And if, if he doesn't take uh, um, Henry, you know, you know, does does Jones slide to him? Does that change the running back to one more spot? And, you know, maybe he falls and he takes back to back wide receivers. But, you know, you, you have to – I think you have to take the best player. I know Henry's, you know, like what he did and score touchdowns. Um, he just doesn't cut you enough passes, so he can kind of come yeah. flat if he doesn't repeat what he did last year. Um, you know, you know he's still a pretty good player. Um, played really well last year. Uh, just can't miss those top running backs and the catches. And Galladay is a really, really good player. Um, and he, he really uh, suffered in the – you know, he, he actually – I shouldn't say he suffered, but he lost Stafford in the second half of the year, and he still was, you know, had you – know, multiple productive games, surprisingly, for, with a lesser quarterback. So, you know, he's, he's a good player. Fournette, you know, if he can score touchdowns, um, they're going to lean on him. But, you know, the, the structure is, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the uh, probably in the world champions player for the overall, I would say that the top end players, are, you know, 98% of the time, if it's one of the top players, they're taking Tom, they would say, thank you very much at pick five and let me go from there. So um, I, I like Henry. I understand it. Um, and so it's it just it really comes down to the trade-off. Thomas and what running back in Galladay and 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 three and, and I think I would rather have Thomas and, and I probably would have probably take, just taken Evans and taken my chances and rolled it just in the running back in the third round. Hey, hey, as Sean talked it through, Mikey, I agree with John in the in the very beginning where he said I didn't want to draft from this spot and he got it because look, he's right. He doesn't get the RB one um, that he's going to lose one place or the other if he takes. Right. He takes Michael Thomas. He's not getting an RB one that he's happy with because very likely, like Sean said, maybe Jones falls, but maybe he doesn't. And then who is your RB one? Gurley, Fournette, <laughs> Connor. You got to pass. So I kind of you agree know, with I, him. It's he's he's kind of <laughs> stuck. Yeah, I was thinking when uh, Sean was talking about it. I'm going, okay. Well, if that if I was in that spot, what would I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I would almost have to take a running back. Right. I mean, I, and then, I, I and then would is it Henry because, or Cook, right? Yeah, I mean, I would have to go with Henry, but uh, he's Cook. Cook like you right guys said, or, or or Dalvin. I mean, uh, you, but you're not guaranteed many touchdowns, and yeah. it's like, oh my goodness, now or do I yeah. go with the big stud that I know I'm going to get a touchdown week in and yeah. week out, and then suffer with no running yeah. back. Yeah, it's. I mean that that is a very very hard call, and uh, yeah. so that's got me thinking. Uh, 
moving forward, uh, I don't want no spot with the five spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you convinced us, man, uh, just through three picks. Look, he, uh, Frankie, he, he, he did bring up a great point about uh, Kenny Galladay with Stafford through those first eight games. Galladay had seven touchdowns, and I know we don't like to talk about touchdowns because there's always regression, and it's kind of you know it's, it's kind of fluky. But Galladay is a playmaking wide receiver. He is the type of guy that will get you touchdowns pretty much if if you've got a good quarterback. So I'm I'm okay with the Galladay as my wide receiver one. Is there another wide receiver there that was taken after Galladay that might make you say no? I would rather have him instead. For me, the only one that really I would actually consider, according to my rankings, is A.J. Brown. I would have considered him there. I know it's kind of a, a stretch for most people, but for me, I mean, but I, I also don't understand really all the, all the, all the hatred on, on or where, where's the love for Kenny Galladay? Because if most fantasy players look, what wide receiver led the league last year, Scott, in touchdowns? Who had the most touchdowns from the wide receiver position last year? Uh, Michael Thomas. Thomas, I would think. Yeah, and and I, I and Kenny Galladay was right up there, I believe, with them with eleven. No, it was yeah, it was Galladay eleven. Yeah, Galladay eleven, Cooper Cup ten, uh, Michael Thomas nine. Yep. There you go. So Kenny Galladay had the most touchdowns of any wide receiver last year. He right. didn't even have Matthew Stafford for eight games. Right. And. Right. We're, we're kind of uh, – so for me, I don't know whether – how come there's not more love for this guy? I think it's a solid pick. I actually think for Truck, I like the Galladay pick way more than I like the Derrick Henry pick. For me, I'm not passing on Michael Thomas there. I would love to have had my team start off Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay. Now, obviously, it puts you a little bit more of a lurch in the, in the running back position, but – what, it wouldn't have been so bad to maybe – I know you said it was a lot of drafts were seeing him go early. Why not maybe go in round three when it came back around, take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then when it came back around, take Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the team. I, I would have loved that. I would have loved that start. Michael Thomas, Galladay, Hilaire, and, and Taylor. But for me, yeah. Galladay is it's phenomenal fit. I think he's great value. And people don't yeah. realize he led the NFL last year in touchdown receptions. He got a little greedy, Mikey, with those um, with those running backs in the fifth and sixth round. I don't know if you can see the draft board, but with Cam Akers and Raheem Mostert in the sixth, and you still don't have your wide receiver three secured, right? Like we always talk about FFWC format. What's the one thing you have to do? You got to start three wide receivers every week, with, and and avoid bad picks, avoid injuries, avoid bad matchups, tough matchups with great you know defensive corners, and and also now you throw the new wrinkle in. By the way, you also have to have a good quarterback. The quarterback has to stay injury-free. Right. And now you have the new wrinkle with COVID. So there's five things I just named that you have to make it through the gauntlet to have three good starting wide receivers, and you keep passing on your third wide receiver until the ninth round. I mean, that that strategy, for me, typically doesn't make me feel good when I leave on draft day. No, it doesn't make me feel good either. However, I've learned that uh, – you know, through uh, through waivers and through other things that uh, y- you'll get that receiver that you draft in, say, round 12 that ends up being a, one of your starters starting okay. week five or six. Fair and, enough. But, but, but those running backs, they're just so hard to find uh, as the season goes along. The wide receivers, hey, the, the, they pop up every once in a while. You're, you're going to find them. And Sean, Scott, we got to uh, give, give him some love. Yep. He did get Renfro. 
Oh, he got Renfro. Uh, we love Renfro. He got Watson and Waller in the seventh and eighth. You love to see that kind of a perfect, yep. I mean, great quarterback, great tight end by waiting. Yep. It makes you feel like you did everything right. And then, mm-hmm. but, but again, a little bit of greed. But if you're going to take a shot, I always say I like to take my shot in the fifth. I'd, I'd prefer to take it in the fifth then take it in the third, but I would take it in the, I would take it for Jonathan Taylor. He's that one exception for me. Other than that, though, he's taking his shot with Cam Akers. So if you're taking your shot, why double down with Mostert? Why not take a wide receiver there that you can feel good about? I guess he looked at the board and he said, oh. eh, I don't really like those wide receivers there. Not a big fan. So, okay, that's fine. I mean, that's how the draft plays out, you know? Uh, Sean, let's and move on per, to and it's, per, and it's personal preference, real quick, Scott. It's personal yep. preference. Uh, right. I would, uh, I would go ahead. I would go ahead with Moser myself at that point. Let's let's talk about Godfather and Tony Colavita. Sean, he's at the six hole. He went Michael Thomas with the gift. He gets Aaron Jones. So you've got to be like, okay, the draft is just falling cool. into me right now. Michael Thomas at one, Aaron yeah. Jones at two, AJ Brown at three, Thielen at four, Devin Singletary at five. Uh, would you take Devin Singletary, Sean? Let's let's start off with this over David Johnson in the fifth round. Even though I know Frankie's already kind of poo pooed on David Johnson here, Devin Singletary over David Johnson when Houston gave and moved Hopkins to to, to get David Johnson. Wait, Sean has another line here. Let's see. He's he's um looks like he's on here twice. Sean, did you did you call in with another number? I got bounced off. Okay, I'll close that one down. Okay, I got you back. So, did you did you hear uh, the Devin Singletary or David Johnson argument there in the fifth? Yeah, I would take uh, I would take David Johnson. Uh, Josh Allen just steals a lot of touchdowns. Um, Singletary's probably not going to score a ton of touchdowns. Uh, he's got another running back on the team that's going to steal a little bit of action. So, I, I like Johnson being in Houston. Um, obviously, yeah. last year was kind of disappointing, but they, they're going to feature him pretty good. He can he's a good pass catcher. Um, really like the quarterback in Houston as well. So. I mean, pretty much I would have definitely would have taken him probably over Acres too. Um, in my rankings, I think Johnson came up pretty high uh, just because of his overall talent. Obviously, he's getting a little bit older too, but just, just based on his overall chances, I, I think it, it's better, and he does have scoring ability and uh, the ability to catch passes. Now, Mikey, we're looking at a draft board here that says D. Johnson, Houston. He could be, he could have drafted Duke Johnson, and we don't know it. I mean, we're just assuming that that's David Johnson. It could be Duke. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that that'd be a move I'd make. Uh but uh <laughs> uh I, I like David Johnson okay. I just I feel like David Johnson is a pawn, uh to be honest okay. with you because okay. you're, it's, you're in the uh, it, it's it's definitely the it, it definitely is obvious that O'Brien and uh DeAndre didn't get along and uh so it that didn't work out so well, so he was like, okay, well, let's get rid of DeAndre and let's get the best we can get. And so they got David Johnson. And I'm not a big David Johnson fan right now uh, in that okay. scheme and that whole system uh, just because I believe that if that whole trade was uh, – it was a farce, in my opinion. Well, well what, did, what did Carlos Hyde do last year? I mean, he ran pretty damn good, and he, does, and he doesn't catch passes. I mean – if Hyde can run the ball well, they want to run the ball sure. and get the defense off the field. So it's kind of an interesting situation. Yeah, um, exactly. We've got team kickers being drafted. By the way, we did go to team kickers this year. Mikey, I don't know if you read the announcement. We went to team kickers 
because of the volatility that may or may not exist for for players this year. Right. When they wake up, they have to get temperature checked, and if they have a temperature, what are you going to do? Uh, you don't have a kicker. Nobody's going to be wanting to roster backup kickers. I mean, we, we almost got rid of kickers uh, in our offseason. I, I would have agreed with that. But we kept them because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of long uh, veteran diehards here. Let's get let's take this call six five one area code. You're on red versus blue. Who do we got? We got Cook on the line. Skull Crusher. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the, how, how have you been? Uh, how have you felt about this draft? You, you're the you started three RBs and uh, it's and, and started off the draft uh, with Lamar Jackson. After that, I did. I you were right. My some of the wide receivers were getting sniped, so then I decided to change my philosophy and go with Lamar Jackson, thinking that that's a hundred points because I'm kind of chasing that Christian McCaffrey team. So, right, I was looking, right. How could I, could I make up a hundred points? And Lamar Jackson is kind of a nice way to do it. And you know, it's interesting with uh, Edwards Hilaire. I think that I would say probably after. I know it's going to be a tough first four weeks without the practicing and that, but I think he's going to take over and just be a beast. And then we talked about uh, before about like CeeDee Lamb. I have friends down in Dallas and they know Jerry Jones and he's been bragging up CeeDee Lamb. And you know, Jerry Jones, he likes his toys. So if he has something nice, new and shiny, he's going to play it. Uh, Mikey, Greg, uh, Greg pops on as the 12 hole. We talked about it. He, he also started off with the wide receivers, Devontae Parker, AJ Green. Let me read you the rest of his receivers. Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, Deshaun Jackson and Rager, James Washington, Randall Cobb, Devin Funches. He just starts firing away uh, with Evan Ingram as his tight end one. What's his running backs? Well, he's the one, he started with the three RBs uh, maybe before you got here. Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he fired away oh, okay. with all, okay. all three okay. of those guys and then took Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Man, that, that sounds pretty solid. You know, it's uh, – He's got his running backs uh, solidified and uh, plenty to choose from from uh, wide receiver. Any studs? Eh, I would say probably not. But uh, any duds? Definitely not. So, uh, you know, there, there's plenty to choose from there. And I did I love a lot of wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, I see some duds. But, no, I mean, look, they're not necessarily duds. They're, just, <laughs> they're, un- they're unknowns. They're unknowns. Jalen Rager might be uh, look if he can if he starts working on special teams and, and really gets out there I mean he could be a a star uh, for that team eventually I don't know if they're gonna get him going that fast but we'll we'll uh, we'll see yeah all right good, good draft Greg well, we appreciate thank you, you calling in man the thank you all right have a good Bye. Scott yep. Scott one of the, one of these nights we have to do studs or duds okay let's do it. We'll get it on. We'll get it on the calendar. Uh, let's finish up with Kurt's team. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, we didn't hit Kurt's team. We did earlier. Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler. He went Ridley Woods. Marquise Brown is his. Is the um, the pick that may not be uh, that that people may not be ready for to see because look, oh. he's got to he's got to develop. Uh, wide receiver twenty eight. But then he gets Jarvis Landry as his four. So, see, he knows how to put together an FFWC squad. You've now got four options, with one of them being kind of a wild card uh, in Marquise Brown. But then he gets Kyler Murray. Uh, He didn't get one of the top two, so he gets one of the next four. And then he takes a couple of shots with Keshawn Vaughn, Phillip Lindsay, Tony Pollard, uh, fine tight ends, and Hunter Henry and Noah Fant. 
and a couple more uh, wide receivers with upside, Denzel Mims, LaVisca Chennault. So, so Kurt, Mike, he does know how to build a team that's trying to win an overall at the end because that, that's those types of guys have that explosive upside. You may not get it, but, you, but he also has the core of his team taken care of even if they are not ready to bust out of the gate. Yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, Marquise Brown uh, seemed like I remember. I don't. I don't have the stats in front of me, but it seems like I remember that the last uh, four or five weeks of last year, uh, he was pretty explosive, and I, I kind of like Marquise Brown. Uh, but you know, the rest of his team sounds. It sounds average, but yeah. uh, a lot of times when you have a team that quote sounds average ends up being better than you think. So, never know. Yep. All right, we've got two teams that we need to break down, and then we'll call it a wrap. Uh, the unknown comic, Tom Northrup. He won this league last year, so let's give him his respect and his props. Way to go, Tom. He ends up with Joe Mixon, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins at the start, Sean. Uh, two great picks. Juju, Pat Mahomes, another couple of great picks. Michael Gallup, Kareem Hunt. People could argue if Kareem Hunt was the guy, or maybe you should go with uh, Montgomery or Swift there. Darius Slayton, one of my best sleepers, Mike Williams. Some people, by the way, there are a couple people on the team, Darius Slayton, uh, who are calling him the next Steve Smith. So, Sean, uh, what do you think about this team? Is there anything he didn't get right? I mean, the tight ends are lacking, perhaps, with Godert and Herndon at tight end. Now, he, he came out of the gate with a really, really good structure. He got a lead running back and, and two good receivers. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, had a ton of catches two years ago and lost Roethlisberger and he struggled, but you know, he, he's, he's priced right this year. I know Frankie didn't like him, but he, he, he I think mm-hmm. he's in a good spot this year. He's going to bounce back and be productive, especially in that area of the draft. Um, you know, that when it, 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 it kind of drops off as, as, as far as guys with at least chance of have resumes that have, to have a high ceiling. So right. uh, I thought it was a perfect pick right there. Mahomes, you're grabbing the edge and then, you know, the hunt, the Hunt Gallup picks are really, really good. They're going to be productive. Fit really the you know the wide receiver three and an upside uh, running back three structure, and then two steady receivers, and then he just pined away to get the backup running backs to hopefully. Oh, he get fired away at RBs. Five of his next six picks, he went running back Coleman Moss, Damian Harris. Nobody's talking about could end up with more carries than Michelle, in my opinion. Benny Snell, Josh Kelly. Yeah, he fired away at the RBs. Yeah, I like Damian Harris a lot. I liked him last last year, and he didn't get a thing, but that's a really good spot. So nope. he did, did well there. Um, you know, Godard's a pretty good – you know, he, he's going to fall into probably a top 12 tight end, even though he's the second one there. Um, re- Are really, they going really two tight stuff. end sets? Is that what they're doing, uh, two tight end sets? They're going to keep both those guys on the field, right? Well, last year they didn't have any wide receivers, so they were forced right. to. But even this year, that's what the, – the problem is that, you know, in, in Philadelphia, Sanders is going to catch a decent amount of passes, and Ertz catches a ton, and Godard catches it. So Jeffries is banged up, and that's what, you know, the rookie receiver, um, Rieger, you know, is there enough, you know, with Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson there? It's kind of messy at wide receiver for me, but all it takes is one injury, and Godard or even, you know, Rieger could, you know, really have a step up and opportunity. But, you know, right right kind of swing, um, price right on, on both points of those receivers. So um, he fits good, though. If you're going to cheat it, he's the right kind of player because if Ertz went down, he'd be a top three receiver uh, tight end for sure. Yep. Yep. All right. So it's, it's a two thumbs up team. Uh, Frankie, let's finish up here with uh, the daily double team, Dalvin cook, Dalvin cook, James Connor at running back Julio Metcalf, Hilton cooks as the four wide receivers, 
Austin Hooper, and Daniel Jones. What do you think about that squad? I, I like it. I, I, I really, I think he got, I think he lucked out because for me, I, 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 I personally would have taken Dalvin Cook at five where Chuck took Henry if I wasn't taking Michael Thomas. Um, but Julio Jones is always solid. James Conner, I mean, if he can just stay healthy, uh, I honestly believe that obviously, you know, the, the numbers all point to a positive year for him now with Roethlisberger back on the center because we know that Pittsburgh always has one of the best uh, offenses when he's on the center. So if they have, they're primed for a big comeback. And DK Metcalf and T.Y. Hilton, I love. The pick that I have the most issue with, there would be several that, you know, coming a little bit, coming down for me. And that would be Brandon Cooks. He's a guy that I'm shying away from this year, as well as Ronald Jones. I really don't know what I'm going to be seeing. And Austin Hooper, I'm a, you know, I, I kind of like him at first. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. obviously everyone's going to look at the production that he has in Atlanta. Right. But with, right. Cle- with, Cle- with, with Cleveland's offensive line, though, we know that they have a little bit of struggles. Is he going to be asked to stay in and block more? That's where I have a little bit of issue with him. Okay. That's fair. Mikey, Good Ronald point. Jones, Good Tampa point. Bay. Uh is there, there's a there's a little bit to like there. I wouldn't say there's a lot to like with Ronald Jones, but there's a little bit to like with that offense. You got Tom Brady, and a lot of people don't really think about it, but R, Ronald Jones finished RB25 last year with 170 carries, 724 yards, 31 catches. I mean, it's not terrible. It wasn't great, but he did kind of, you know, start to we you started to see a little bit of a, a little bit of progress there, especially getting those receptions late in the season. And in some of uh, Tom Brady's best uh, years at New England, they relied on a running game. It might not have been a, quote, big-name guy, but they relied on that to yeah. James White. They needed guys. And uh, so it could it could very well uh, turn into a uh, profitable position uh, to get him. Yeah. Kashawn Vaughn went one pick in front of him uh Kurt Geekus took him one pick in front of him, the rookie who may steal the show. We have one caller to finish up with, 786 area code. You are on Red versus Blue 2020. Hey, Scott. It's David. Oh, fantasy noob? Yes. I was curious to hear your guys' thoughts just on my later picks. I heard some of the earlier ones. I was curious to hear your opinions on maybe like rounds eight plus or so. But I waited on All right. So let's, yeah, let, let's. Yeah, let's take a look. Sean, uh, fantasy noob, he has a great squad through the first. There, there are a lot of sexy names there. We talked about it. Zeke, A-Rob, DJ Moore, Jonathan Taylor, Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift. Lots of fun. Deontay Johnson. I mean, he's, he's taking guys that have great futures ahead of them. Uh, very young, like a dynasty player is. And then he goes Darius Geis, Marlon Mack, Preston Williams, N. Keel Harry, Dev. Uh, Dev, what what the hell is his name? Uh, Daryl Henderson, uh, Josh Jackson, <laughs> Rashad Penny, and Steve Sims. Uh, finishes with his quarterbacks in the 16th round. He takes Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton, and Ryan Tannehill. Uh, for good measure, takes three of them on the board. What do you what do you think about that uh, squad, Sean? Yes, yeah, I mean obviously the front of his draft was was really really set up pretty good. Um, it is. Frankie yeah. was higher on Taylor. I'm I'm just a little concerned of the uh, you know the Marlon Mack getting in the way, but they know he's going to be okay. good and concerned about the pass catch in there but he did get mac and he did get the, get the handcuffs that was pretty good williams you know gonna possibly miss a little bit of time harry uh definitely should have some upside and probably probably a better fit with cam at quarterback than brady because he might get a little more 
uh, be able to freelance when he's in, in the patterns. Henderson's undervalued for me, and I think he, you know, he's going to be in the mix, and he was pretty explosive uh, in college. And, and Penny, you know, he's talented. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and he's coming off an injury. But right kind of swing, you know, San Diego running back, they added the third guy, so that's kind of tricky there, but still not a bad swing. So his structure's really good. Got some running back outs pretty deep there. The receivers, you know, um, has uh, maybe maybe one slot, which is, you know, probably the second flex position, which he's hoping probably to, you know, rotate in a running back anyways. And then you just take the quarterbacks and you wrote them in, so rotate them in. So, and then, then he even got OJ Howard in the 20th round, which is a pretty good uh, a flash tight end, at least to be an injury cover or a bye week cover. So, yeah, you know, pretty, re- really good structure. Um, Geis is, uh, you know, I wouldn't say a key, but you just need that guy to stay healthy. Hey, uh, Frankie, N. Keel Harry is the, uh, he was the number one wide receiver in all dynasty drafts last year. And he didn't get a, a, a great start. I think Mayock did a, a great article on him earlier in the year that talked about how the lack of the press coverage in college football, it, it kind of, you know, it's it's new for a rookie to kind of experience the physicalness of the NFL. And then he had some injuries too. Uh, but it is a, um, you know, Enkeel Harry Preston Williams in the 10th and 11th round. Those are some, um, those are some high upside picks there uh, to go along with the theme of that entire team is high upside. Yeah, I think that he I, – I really – I'm a big fan of, of this team. I think that he, his roster construction was excellent. As everyone that's been listening knows, I'm very high on Jonathan Taylor. He's my number one, you know, overall running back. We know that Swift's potential on that offense is, is going to be fantastic. I love DeAndre Johnson. Preston Williams, you said it. Harry could really be the number one guy if Edelman, you know – gets really double teamed and that very well could happen. And Harry, you know, Harry has real potential there. And I mean, for him to get the opportunity to get Roethlisberger in the 16th round, I mean, if, if he's healthy and he can stay healthy, you know, you're going to get immense value. You're going to get a guy that you can depend on. And in the 20th round, OJ Howard, I mean, last year and a few, you know, a lot of the draft he was going into like, the yep. seventh, eighth, ninth round, and now to get him in the twentieth round with arguably a much better quarterback than Tom Brady. I mean, talk about value from top to bottom. Fantasy news, you hit a home run, bro. You, your team is solid. Really Noob, it was good. To, yeah, good. Good to have you call in, man. Uh, and good luck in good luck in the draft this year, bud. Appreciate it. Take in care, the guys. All right. Yeah, look, if if I, I had to pick I, on I anything. Don't know. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say, if you, if what? I had to pick on anything, it's that, it's that, you know, I might fire away at some more wide receivers here in the uh, 12, 13, and 14s because you've already fired away at so many running backs earlier. It's kind of time for you to load the dick on the wide receivers and, and take some wide receivers here that that may that may you know jump out at you. And so I don't know, maybe it's just uh, about player selection here. He didn't see any of them that he liked right there, and so he. He he started he kept firing away at the running backs, but it, it felt like he already had the RB thing kind of kind of resolved at that point. Right, and uh, I don't know if it was uh, Frankie or Sean. Uh, the word structure, I mean, that is so the the structure of the team. And uh, you know, I, I was just I was kind of smiling when I was hearing everything, and I'm going, wow. You know, you can have a sexy team or you can have a yeah. structured team. And which team's going to win out? It's going to be your structured team. Yeah, eight teams had two running backs through the first four rounds. I think that's new for us in uh, in FFWC. That a lot of times you'll see in in our format wide receiver heavy. It's really really balanced this year. 
Um, I think I think that's uh, that's that's a theme we're going to continue to see. And and look, if you look at this draft board, we've been saying for years that we got to do something about the quarterback position. But quarterback, because they're so coveted, of, of course the top two. There's a case to be made for the top two. There's then there's the case for those getting one of those next four, and you want to be in that group. And then if you're not, at that point, there's another tier, right? There's another tier of well, I right. better get one of these Matt Ryan, Stafford, Brady, Jones types, and then so so it's it's kind of like the quarterback's not a problem in in this year. It's there, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks. You definitely want to get one, but where in the draft you get one, it's kind of like you got to let the draft that, just sort of come to you. That's exactly right, Scott. Every year you you see guys looking around the table. You got 12 of you looking at each other going, okay, when you pull the trigger, when you going to pull right. the trigger, when's that, when, when is that run coming? Is it coming yep. in round six? Is it coming yep. around five? Is it coming around seven? And then once it starts, then everybody's scrambling. It's like, okay, right. now, now what do we do? I, I think yep. it's great. I, I love, I love the way it's done and uh, you guys do a great job. I think it's awesome. Well, Mikey, good luck this year. We we enjoyed having you uh, last year in Vegas, and uh, not, we won't have Vegas this year, but but we can definitely we can definitely get you online in uh, in one of the in one of the mid stakes drafts this year. Well, Absolutely. thanks for being uh thanks for coming back to Red versus Blue, Mikey. Hey, man, thank you, Scott. Love you, brother, and uh, right. thanks to everybody that's listening and uh, called in. All right, love you too, man. All right, uh, Frankie. Great show. Uh, final thoughts on this team. Is there any team that stands out to you as the team is it the jonathan taylor team and 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 david that called in or is it is it one of these i mean it's hard not to like a mccaffrey team yeah no it's hard not to like it i think for, you know obviously the mccaffrey team is solid and 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 as much as i i know it, it, he's you know he's expecting it but the hall of fame really crushed this draft as well i really am a fan of his team getting you know like we said i mean he got two stud running backs that cut to come off um, Kurt was all over that and then getting four stud wide receivers um, that really, you know, can give PPR production and then getting Kyla Murray and Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, his team has potential and I really like what Skullcrush uh, did as well, getting those running backs at the top and obviously any team with, with uh, Patrick Mahomes. So for me, uh, it would be those top four teams. I like those starts. Uh, I like what they did in the middle. So it would be uh, team one, team three, uh, Scott's team and the teams on the end. I, I think those are going to be the teams that really are going to stand out come the end of the year. And Sean, if you had to have a team uh, take a run at um, Kurt's team or Noob's team, which 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 team maybe stands out for well, you here? Well, I missed the first part of it and wasn't it falling as close, so it would be kind of tough. But I, I wanted to make one point about Kurt's team because uh, when you were talking about Marquise Brown, it was a guy right. back in about 10 years ago when he was in his prime, uh, Ian Ritchie. You know, he was pretty much a fan of like a Deshaun Jackson. But when you had you yeah. know, two two front line wide receivers and you take a, a, a Brown that's capable of, you know, you know, six, eight, 10, 12 point, you know, multiple weeks, but he's, you know, can put up a couple of forties. He's an explosive player that can give you a few wins a year. And then he could even push forward. You know, he's obviously banged up last year. So he's, he's kind of a wild card, but in this kind of format, yeah. when you got, you know, three or four receivers, he really is going to fit really well there. Um, he's got the right structure around him. So, you know, Brown's, you know, you're going to try to play him in matchups, but he's not a player you probably want to time because he could go off. But, you know, that's the player that, you know, those guys, you know, can win some big matches for you and uh, put up some explosive games. So you got to pay attention to that, especially at the wide receiver three or even one of those flex positions. 
Yep, I like the Mahomes team, and I also like uh, Andrew's team, Mr. Pink, there with uh, with those wide receivers and getting Brady late. Guys, it was so much fun having you back. Uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, helping out with the draft. And uh, it, it's a wrap. The the one-minute timer seems to be a hit. The, the team kicker uh, should really help players this year avoid some of the, the crazy circumstances. And we're just going to keep rolling uh, with content every single morning. Go to si.com slash fantasy. You get to see Frankie and Sean and Doc and Corey every single day, along with Bill and Wright, kicking butt, guys. We really appreciate you. Red versus Blue. See you next year. You've been listening to Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.